but I, I, I just I, I want you to compliment again my my outfit. <laughs> We're already recording, so yeah, you look dapper. Your drip Thank is you. on fire, man. It's nice. Um, the champ is here, ladies and gentlemen. The the sixty six kilo world champion. Is it weird to hear that? Yeah, yeah, it is. Is it really? It feels good, good though. It feels good. It must, but it's been like um. Like I, I was taking a trip down memory lane. I've been making these posts about people, uh, you know, from the world championships. You've probably seen some of them, my personal account and King of the Lifts. And then when I made yours, so for everybody, I say a bit of a story, right? And when I made yours and, and I'm writing the caption, like, where, where should I start? You know, I think I'll st- with, with Penna, I think I'll start from the beginning. And it was that fucking moment. And, yeah. and you know, what's cool is like, in life, it, it, for anyone listening, so it's the moment that when I was walking the hall in the venue in Sweden, um, we had never met. We, we, yeah. we didn't know each other at all. And you had stopped me, and we were talking a bit. Your English is way better than the two ladies and, that you were with. And you said, um, listen to your podcast. I like the podcast, uh, but listen to you on commentary. And, and, but you said, um, but there's one thing. You're looking past France and a couple of the European people. And I'm like, really? You're like, you're like, my man, there's, 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 you, you overlooked a couple of people. And you're like, let me introduce you to a couple of future champions. And to your left was Naomi Alibert. To your right was Leah Bavois. And in the yeah. middle was you, Pena. And I had no fucking idea what I was looking at right there. And, um, and we both didn't like, Obviously, um, you know, as it is, all three of you are world champions now, and yeah. and and more, and more, and you've made other world champions, another world medalist, in the whole nine, and now everybody knows who all you guys are. But and, and we didn't even look at France properly at the time, and now everybody's like France got shooters, like that's like that's like the fucking hashtag France got shooters, and um, it's crazy a to look back how far you've come. In France has come as a nation. And um, it, before we get into that, though, just like it shows you in life, you're walking down the fucking hall and you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah, exactly. Just that's be receptive. Powerful. Just, yeah, just that's powerful. stop and talk to somebody if they want to talk to you for a minute. Have time. Man, be receptive. Exactly. And that's 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 what I think is absolutely cool about the sport in general, not, not only powerlifting, but like you said, you never know who you, who you are talking to. And some years ago, maybe, maybe just, just imagine if you weren't that guy where you were like, oh, really? You think so? Okay, I, I'm going to check these ladies and, and, I'll, and I'll keep you up with that. Just imagine if you were like, yeah, whatever, and I'm moving on. We weren't, we weren't here having this conversation. So it's, it's amazing. And uh Honestly, I didn't think uh, what I told you uh, would turn out uh, like that at that time. Uh, because like you said, now we're all three world champs and it quote unquote only took two years. Well, I know and uh, we all know what it means two years of hard training yeah. uh, in terms of getting to that level. But it only took two, uh, two years and, and at, at this event, actually, uh, they both did an amazing comp. Uh, I think Leah took third and Noemi took second, mm. which is 
pretty impressive, you know, at, at the world stage. 100%. Uh, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't with them. I think I took fifth with an awful meet, only hitting openers. Uh, but then, you know, two years later, we're all world champs. And this, this, makes, this, make, this makes it actually a way better story than I thought it would ever at that time. 100, dude, here, there, there's another lesson for us. Um, in that moment, at that Worlds, you probably were like, like, I remember talking to you and you were mad disappointed. We've all had those meets. And you were mad disappointed about um, your showing and whatnot. And you had no idea how the story ends. Where it's like, yeah. not ends, like we're, we're not even close yeah. to ends. Like you're obviously in your 20s. So, but you had no idea. It's like, this is just part of the story. Like, this is yeah. just like, you, you, you shouldn't have been in the 74s, not yet. And you didn't know that. And you had to go through this to, to yeah. bump down. You had to learn certain things like this needed to happen. And um, yeah, man, it's wild to look to, to think like at the time, nobody, we didn't know who you, Leah, Naomi are. And the whole fucking powerlifting world does now. Yeah. The whole powerlifting world knows who you guys are now. That's crazy. You know, all of you guys, like there's more. They're like, like France has grown, man. Um, like Turbo Tiff. And uh, like, like there's, there's so many more you know, Rico and, and all of you guys now it's, it's like crazy how many people coming out of France and other men now like Yanis yeah, and, yeah. Um, and Rambo and you know, Coco's coming up and like um, it's it, at the time too, you know, no matter what happens, no matter if all of this ends tomorrow, um, what you've done in the game in a short period of time, like, like inevitably, in France, because France has become a, a powerhouse nation. That's done. No more yeah. is it could they on the rise. That's done now. It's or it's it's a powerhouse nation. So it's here. So automatically, just like in the US and other places, you're gonna have other rivalry coaching services. It's yeah, gonna be sure. more than just you. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. But no matter what happens now, your footprint in the game, what you did, you know, in terms of being like first. It turns like you were the first superstar like co coaching service that had like all, all the people I came up. It doesn't matter if they're like Naomi ended up moving on. It doesn't matter. They came up through you first. You have your, your, your hands on this, like fucking Samantha GD, Eugenie lived with you for fuck's sake for six months. Like it's crazy. So it all, and then you were the first of like the major coaching services in France, like doing podcasts and making the push and, and the leader of the French revolution doesn't matter what happens from here on out now you like that can't be undone like this happened bro what happened last week with all these three world champions um like including yourself under your belt as well as a world silver medalist under your belt um and and, and god knows what i'm probably missing some juniors masters whatever the shit but like that's just in the open you know it can't be undone bro if it stops right now if you're like you know what i'm done i'm retired you you know, that's is that crazy to think about? Because two years ago, you were stopping me in a hall. And two years later, you could stop right now and know, like, holy shit, I made an impact. Uh, yeah, man, I really don't know. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I think maybe us French people, we are, uh, we are afraid to actually, quote unquote, talk facts. Because then we, we fear we might, we might sound a little smuggish, you know, about what we say. And obviously, how, how terrible would that sound if I was the one saying, oh, yeah, I, I made it all. That's me. 
Whereas when someone else from an, an other perspective gives his opinion, that's way different. Um, so yeah, obviously I think when you have to discuss facts, yeah, I, I actually coached uh, at some point or I'm still currently coaching uh, all of the open world champs. Uh, and and uh, one uh, silver medalist as well in the open, which is, you know, uh, again, I'm not throwing shade at, at juniors or whatnot, but it's not the same level uh, mm-hmm. usually. Um, but yeah, that's that's crazy. And, and honestly, again, I, I never thought in my, well, I wanted to get to that stage. I wanted to get to that level in terms of coaching, um, in terms of the services I, I propose. Uh, but seeing it all display now, that's, that's just crazy. That's crazy to see. And in a way, you know, I, I have to admit that I, I feel lucky because uh, all of these athletes that we are mentioning are all, they're crazy, like myself. Uh, we're thinking powerlifting. We, we basically based our lives around, around the sport, which is pretty rare, I think. It's, it's more and more common, but in, some years ago, it was more rare because you, you weren't thinking of a career uh, of a powerlifting, uh, whether it be you as an athlete or social media influencer, influencer or coach or whatever. Before it wasn't done. Like in France, you, you didn't have any coach that was living 100% off of powerlifting. And Coco and I were actually, from what I know, um, the first two where we were like, okay, we're going to stop our uh, studies. Coco was in uh, medical school. I was in law school. And we both stopped uh, what we were doing just to coach powerlifting. Dog, <laughs> and, dog, hang on a sec. You're going to be a lawyer and a doctor, yeah. doggy. That's yeah. fucking big, dude. Look, yeah. at, if you were going to school for like, I don't know, man, hairdressing, God bless, nothing against hairdressing, but that's one thing. But a doctor and a lawyer, my man, yeah. you went all in. I, I was actually in my fourth year. So I just needed two more years, so fourth and fifth. And then I would have been 100% uh, graduated from law school. And Coco, Coco was in the beginning of his medical school, but uh, because he's younger than me, but, you know, still. Uh, and yeah, I, and I remember telling to my dad and my girlfriend next to me, uh, you know, I'm going to stop and I'm going to be a powerlifting coach. And they're like, what is powerlifting? <laughs> and I have to make them understand that in the sport that I'm doing X number of hours a week, that's what I want to do. And back then, you know, Leah, Leah, I think was, is close to out-totaling me back then when I decided to drop everything and focus only on powerlifting, I was probably hitting 560-ish as a 66 or 74, I can remember, uh, open, which is, you know, decent, obviously not world stage, but pretty decent. And I was like, you know, let's 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 drop school uh and and you know it, it wasn't oh that's my passion and i'm going to live off of this i was like i want to give it my absolute best and if i fail then i'll go back to my law school and i'll finish everything but yet uh i tried it i tried it so yeah okay it, like you could always go back to law school yeah exactly you, you could always be a, if being a lawyer is on the table you're okay you're always gonna be okay yeah. but yeah. you are everything that you've done like, like all the trials and tribulations and the map, the stories you have, dude, is, at this point is insane. It's just a quick couple of years and it. Um, I don't know, man, there was something about when you, when you stopped me in the hall 
I didn't know at the time, but I felt something there. Like, man, nah, okay, like people, people talk, like people talk. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But there was something different. And I remember like how shy Leah and, and Naomi were. And yeah, maybe yeah, their, yeah. English, their English wasn't great, but they were also like not big on eye contact and very shy. And um, and you didn't know me neither. And you were yeah. like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm going to stop him in his way and, and tell him. And it's like, you put it out there. And it like, fuck, those girls are probably like, holy shit. I hope we do well. Like, yeah, man, a- I, I was, I was the one, you know, again, honestly, I, I knew them both. I know, I knew how hard they had work and they're both like machines, you know, you, you, you have to admit it. And I was like, you know, I know my girls, so I, I can, I can do the talk and let them do the action, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it worked well, man. Um, all is well that ends well. And like, yeah. in terms of like everything that's happened, um, you know, like obviously even, even, even silent worker, I remember you gave me a silent worker t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. You, you remember that dog? I still got it, man. Oh, that's I awesome. still fucking got it, kid. I should have been wearing it right now. Cause you won worlds. I should have, <laughs> I'm going to rock your silent worker t-shirt and take a, take, oh. a, take a picture of it. My man, of course I still oh, got awesome. it. That, um, that's so cool. I had a, I had silent worker before you guys kicked the shit out of the world championships and made all these world champions. Um, yeah. And now like you see people like, like your boy Coco's got it. And like, you know, everyone's like silent worker. And yeah, um, yeah man, I mean, the whole thing is, it's crazy how e- even if, even if like uh, put it this way, even if begrudgingly people will be like, he wasn't the first coach. Well, of course not. He wasn't the first one, like, you know, to do this on the other in France, I'm talking, even if, be- even if that, people from France have to begrudgingly say, sure, but he was the first to collect all these stars under one house, bring them up from nothing. Like these people, no one knew who Naomi was until you, you stopped me and, and Leah and, and, and Turbo Tiff. And they all, it's not like you were grabbing people who were already stars and bringing them over. That's a lot easier. You were cultivating from grassroots, help bring people up. And you were the first to have all these world champions from France. Someone might come in afterwards, but you were the yeah. first to have multiple world champions and went in one world championship, like the three of you biting on that, those gold medals, as well as the silver medals in the same world championship. And you were the first to like be going on podcasts and like be talking like this. And like, it's true. I'm sure there's other people in France who, who have done work and I don't want to take anything away from them. There's a lot of people out there who are working hard, coaches the whole night. But in terms of um, being just one step ahead so far, later on, someone else might come. Perfect. But right here, right now, you know, you were, you were in 2019, you were the first to have those two ladies do what they did and stop me and, and get it going and build some bridges. Even by stop me talking to me, building bridges, hopping on podcasts, telling people, well, think about this person, think about that person. They're coming up for friends doing this and then come this world championships like you know, you did your damn, you guys showed up, man. Three world champions. How many people do three coaching, hold on coaching services with multiple coaches. Don't bring in three world champions and a silver medalist. And you're like one dude who's bringing in three world champions and a silver medalist. Like that's huge, man. So whatever happens in terms of popularizing it and, and it's, it is fact that when a nation has stars in a sport, it starts growing in that sport, like in that nation, because people like, I want to be like Leah Bavel. Exactly. Want to be like yeah. Um, so this is, this is all, this has got to be, this has got to be big. Have you like, is it sunk into you yet? Like, holy no, shit. No, no. 
honestly, I, I'm I'm kind of realizing it now that you're you're talking about it, and <clears throat> honestly, for me, I, I'm just I'm just doing my job, uh, which is to help them as much as I can, and help them with my understanding of of the sport right now or the meta, how things should be pro programmed and stuff, uh, technique wise. Um, you know, I, I obviously when you do it, you you want to do it at the best level. I, I mean. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be the best coach, post co uh, coach possible uh, for them. And now, now you see everything play out. I, I haven't stopped to to realize it honestly. Even even when so today we we trained all together again, uh, and you know it wasn't like all oh, three world champs are training together. It was just same old same old. Leah, Tiff myself and the other dudes at the gym training together and no questions of world champ or whatever, you know? So, and I, to be honest, I don't think they, uh, Tiff and Leah either realize we're, we have this status right now and it, it changes. I don't want to say it changes everything because it doesn't, but it changes some things, you know? Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't realize it yet. I think. Dude, it, it, like, do you know how rare it is to have three world champions in the same coaching underneath the same coach, like one coach, like, like somebody gets one world champion. It's fucking huge. And then they might a few years later, get another. And that's big. Somebody gets three in the same world championships is like pretty crazy, man. And, and, and one of your people out total the weight class above them. Like that's how fucking much you guys showed up. Like that's pretty big. And another one was a 20 years old yeah. and put up the biggest IPF total in her weight class we'd seen in years. Yeah. Um, like, like it had been years since we had seen a total like that in the 47s. Um, and she's 20 and been, and been training a year. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty crazy what you guys did. I don't know. At some point, at some point, cause nothing lasts forever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like um, sure, yeah. at some point, maybe you go into law school, like when you're in your thirties and you're like, you know what? you know, let, let's like, I could fucking make a lot of money in there as a lawyer. It may be at some point you're like, you know what? We're good. But you want to um, every now and then take a pit stop and look around because like, like the older you get, you know, I, I'm older now. I do that constantly. And I'm like, holy shit, this might never, I might not come back to the next world. Who the hell knows? But this is wild. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And, you know, I think we enjoyed it uh, after, after worlds meeting you, uh, staying together, just talk, just talking, chilling. Um, to be honest, this was my first uh, after comp that I didn't train for five years, uh, for five days. Sorry, it never happened to me within my four five years of powerlifting. Never. I always went back to training the next day after a comp because I was always really unsatisfied um, in general. Uh, mm -hmm. And now I was like, I want to chill with. With my friends, I want to chill with with you, with with uh, the crew we had um, uh, together in uh, in Sweden, and uh, they will recognize themselves because for me, you know, that that was that was insane. And Holy shit, man! I enjoyed it. I look, I've done worlds since 2016, all of them, the right through. I ain't miss a single day. Okay, I'm there in the beginning. I'm there before it starts, and I'm there after it ends, and. Um, this world was special. I'm going to yeah. tell you right now, the crew, what the fuck happened, bro? We, we, we ended up building a crew, like, like <laughs> yeah. a multicultural crew where it was like, 
some some of the British, France, U.S. Yeah. Um, obviously Canada, Canada myself. Yeah. Um, fucking, we had we had a, we had a sprinkling of people, yeah. and we just linked up on a regular yeah. basis. And um, I'm sure I lost a few years off the back end of my life because I had <laughs> some. I was partying like a rock star. I would show up to the media booth in the morning, and they'd be like holy shit what happened to you last night and i was like i'm running a very little sleep got two coffees in each hand i'm like let's rock and roll and i would do my damn thing and afterwards they're like dude you killing it whatever you do and just keep doing they're like we're not going to stop you we're going to tell you to stop going out because as long as you're producing like you're producing because <laughs> the producers are like dude you they, we tell you in three two one we go on the air and like and we're live on the air and um, I just fucking turn it on and did my damn thing. I'm like, just let him keep doing his thing, his nightlife. But dog, dude, we have a nightlife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, at some point I remember I, I crossed, I think about you, Jess, and uh, I don't know, maybe there was one or two other people. I think Gavin wasn't there at that time. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm going to sleep in like 30 minutes. And then two hours later, we're still there talking. You know, it's just so cool, man. Uh, and honestly, I, I, I enjoyed it so much. And this this makes it my my favorite meet, like, of all time. Not necessarily because I became more champ or whatnot. Obviously, that plays a role. That's for sure. Uh, but just just the emotions, uh, what, what we shared at that time. And, man, I, I think it's moments like these that make me realize that everything is real, you know. And I was there. And, and yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. But part of the reason why people be like, yes, um, Amelia from the psych sports psychologist with yeah. Great Britain. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, um, she was like, you, uh, you going out drinking again tonight? Like you're always <laughs> in that lobby. Like there was three banquets. I was in all three of them. Right? <laughs> oh, and, um, she's like, you, uh, you, you're like a rock star out here. And I'm like, Amelia, I'm gonna wake up, you know, next fucking Tuesday and it's back to nine to five life. And like all this could be over. And and can't take it was two years since the last one. And like you can't take nothing for granted. This is right now. Yeah, Whatever's happening is right now. When I go through the lobby and I see like you, I see like the all the French team, which was super tight the whole week, or I see the Brits, or I see the Americans hanging out, or I see like Jess you know, Jessica and freaking the Canadian coaches and whatever the shit, right? All of our people or the media team, you know, and me and the media team go for drinks and they're like, you want to go for a couple of drinks, dinner, whatever. Shoot or shoot, kid. What are you yeah. going to do? You're going to go to your hotel room and like watch a little bit of YouTube and then pass out? No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. no, man, you're going to stay up and you're going to live that moment because it's going to be over. It's going to be all said and done, man. Sleep. You can sleep. Like I'll sleep when I get back home. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent, and the, honestly, this was, this was far greater and a, a far better experience than I, I ever could imagine. Honestly, we're talking in the DMs. You know, we're like, yeah, when, when we meet, we're going to do some stuff. We're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy ourselves. Uh, being able to meet to meet again uh, around the sport that we all love and share. Uh, but man, this was this was better than I ever expected it would be. You know, it's crazy. Um, and the Irish team. Um, you know what's crazy, man? 
at one point, um, like this is like two years ago, I never would have thought this two years later, after I initially met you, I am like, literally, cause I'm at the, at the, uh, venue, like 15 hours. I'm there at seven 30 in the morning and I'm there until like 10 o'clock at night sometimes. And the banquet's coming up and I don't have, like, everyone's talking about, they're going out buying some new drip, you know, get some latest fashions and Jessica's going, Gavin's going, uh, a bunch of you guys are going. And I'm like, um, I'm giving you guys my credit card, telling you the pin, the whole nine. I gave my debit card and I'm like, link me up, man. And the thing is like, and that's it. I didn't think twice about it. And, um, and, and you guys just bought all my threads and like left them at the front desk of the hotel for me. And I came back. I was like, Oh shit, there's my things. And you don't realize like two years earlier, when you stopped me in the hall, Hey, you know, my name's Penna. This is so-and-so I would have no idea. Two years later, we'd be hanging out like every night we'd be like, I'd be giving you my credit. I trust you with my credit card, my banking information. And we'd be like, I had no idea, dog. Like, you know, yeah. this is crazy. Like, like, you know, I'm, I'm a middle-aged man, homie. When you don't think when you're uh, like people, like you never know in life, like you're in your twenties now, yeah. you don't know who you're going to meet when you're 30, 35, 40, whatever. You just yeah. walking down the street and you have no idea who stops you. You're not even trying to meet the person. You just bump into them and that's it. Yeah, man. Imagine, imagine. So you're two years later, uh, earlier, and I go and I, I look up to you and I'm like, hey, Ren. So in two years from now, we'll be hanging out in Sweden. Uh, so you you are looking at the two, uh, 2021 uh, World 66 kg World Champ. Here is the 63 World Champ. Here is the 52 World Champ. There's the 47. She'll be in the year in the sport for only a year. Yeah. Junior, outtotaling everyone and stuff. And you're going to give us your credit card details and I'm going to actually buy your outfit for the banquet. And Just then in the rest of the story, we probably can't even say on this podcast like this. Yeah, no. we, we, we were doing our damn thing, man. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, man, it's a freaking crazy. It's crazy. Life is crazy. Yeah. What can you say? Yeah. Belgium. Like, you can go on all the different nations we ran into and became. That's why world championships, when we talk about it, I talked to like Isaac Whistler, Russ yeah. in the warm up yeah. room after he had won. And he's like, I tell everybody, man, whatever you think about the world championships, whatever you think you like, it's, it's totally different. You got to experience. It. It's not just like the competition. Yeah. People from around the world, man, you just all yeah. know each other on social media and you link up. And because we're all in the same boat, it's a lot easier to make friends because we're all in the same boat. It's not like none of us are, you know, it's different when you show up to somebody's like hometown and you're the one outsider and everybody else knows yeah. each other. Yeah. All yeah. of us are in the same boat. You go down into the hotel lobby and you were just going to see people that you just know from social media and be like, Hey man, what's up? You sit down and start shooting shit. Tony cliff is down there, you know, big ass Tony cliff sitting there by himself, chilling, reading something. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to walk up, sit down, talk to Tony. And then we just start shooting the shit. And that's how it works. man. It's that easy. Whereas if this was any other time you see like a, huge ogre like tony cliff you're not sitting down just talking to him out of nowhere 100%. you can at worlds he's like a super approachable friendly you just walk up and start shooting shit that's why worlds is so crazy people from all yeah. over the world man it's like that yeah honestly uh <clears throat> i was really shocked because i had you know i don't want to say a lot but quite a few people coming at me just wanted to, to chat for like some minutes take a photo uh we also had um Usually it's more juniors, but 
people we were walking in the street and they're they like running behind us to stop us to just just talk a little uh, take a photo and i was like man this this is just amazing and you know it's it's not necessarily the part that people want to take photos with you or whatnot it's just the part that in a way i i gave uh these people that came to talk to me the the will to come and talk to me because they're like hey so i like how this guy grinds or lifts or talks about stuff or whatever and they oh sorry my dog just came home and he's a little crazy no worries. Um, and they they you know the emotions you're feeling that's that's amazing and that's actually how i knew that i was into the world's world's championship uh because eight weeks ago i was like world is in eight weeks you know uh, still got plenty of time to to figure everything out, and then the next day, I'm actually taking the the plane to Sweden, and I'm there. So it was it was insane. It's um, yeah, man. It, isn't it crazy? Like from the last time you're in Sweden for the World Championships to this one, where you guys like like from you to Leah to like like all you guys getting stopped for pictures and people want to shoot the shit and chat. That's only going to get bigger now that you won a World Championship. It's next time you show up, it just gets bigger and bigger, dude. It becomes it becomes freaking wild where you're like, what the hell is happening right now? It's um, crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much. And you know, meeting everyone, uh, we we all share the love for this sport that you know we it's it's not big, you know. Uh, and so meeting people that are actually willing to sacrifice a lot for a sport that quote unquote nobody but us uh, gives a shit about. Uh, that's so powerful. Now that you got, you know, all these world champions and, and met world medalists, and, and and this has been done, what would you tell that Penna who's starting out now that this has all happened, and you have that young ass Penna who who who, and I say young ass is only a few years ago, but let's yeah. say you grab him before he's when he's just getting going. What would you tell him for advice, or would you tell him period? Uh, that's tough. Honestly, um, I, in general, I try to not have a lot of regrets. I mean, I think everyone in a way, but um, I like to always look at the positive, uh, even though something might not be 100%. So I think I would say just hang tight. You know, you're going to go through a couple of rough moments whether it be coaching-wise or uh, athlete-wise for my own self. But I would be like, you're going to be good in the end. So just stay there. Uh, stay stay hungry as you are. Stay nice as you are because I think being nice is really, really important. Like you said, you never know who you are talking to. And that's not uh, in a way that these people, this person could be big in some years. So I want to be good with that person because of that. It's just be good in general. Obviously, mm-hmm. if people talk shit or whatnot, then I think you have the right to not be good. But otherwise, be good in general. And yeah, I would say that stay hungry, be good, and things will work out for you. Um, now, so leading into the world championships, you came on the podcast. Let's talk about your world title win because it's a long time coming. And yeah. um, you, you had said, like, we got that quote where you said, the powerlifting gods favor me. I'm going to be first. And that yeah. was the dopest quote. And um, obviously that went on the king of the lifts. You know, we made the post with it and it was, it was running wild. And um, 
when you put that out there afterwards, what were your thoughts? What was your impression to everyone who saw that? And, and, and it was running out there and it was like, holy shit. When you, it's one thing to say it. When you talk like you're talking right now, it's one thing. When someone actually takes your words, throws quotation marks around it, puts it in the post, you're shirtless. Like I, I picked a dope ass picture. For <laughs> and I made yeah. a big, bold words. And then you're like, and it's leading to the championships. You're like, holy shit. What were you thinking right then? Uh, honestly, not much because, uh, you know, I, I'm not really vocal. I think you saw that. Uh, but usually when I say something, I, I put a lot of thought and a lot of care in, in, in what I say. So when I said that, I was meaning 100% everything of it. And so no backing down. Mm. So I was like, I was like, I expressed what I wanted to express at that time. This is what I was thinking at that time. And, you know, obviously now that things worked out in the way that I wanted, you know, it's cool. I can be like, hey, I told you guys. But it's, it's not really that. It's more, I didn't want to let myself, my, myself any, any leeway. It, it was, I was going to go 100% and I was aiming at the world title. Whoever was in front of me, because for me, honestly, powerlifting isn't like a direct confrontation with someone else. You know, we talked about that a little on the previous podcast we did together. It's more a confrontation between you, the, the lifts you have to make, and whoever has the better confrontation between himself and the lifts is number one, the other is number two, the other is number three, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I, I, I think you made it look cool. <laughs> Cooler maybe than how I said it, but I was, I was happy with it. I was like, okay, I, I know I have those expectations around me this time around. It was weird uh, being the favorite. Uh, coming in the meet because it never happened to me i was always the underdog or even like the guy you know in fifth place or whatever uh but i really didn't think much of it and i was like it's no different than usual i just have to give it my absolute best and whatever happens happens those memes in all memes when it's a quote meme look cooler than probably what it was said that's always on yeah. instagram yeah. That, that that's the way it works with those memes but um did you have anybody, like, did you get any pushback that you were coming off too confident and people talking like, did you, did you feel any of that? Like sometimes when you get big and bold, um, like just people in general, people want that person to lose now. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. And the thing is my take on it, it is better to become divisive. So some people see that, like a lot of people, that got a lot of likes. Some people see that and like, I fucking like, now I care. I actually want that. I want that guy. Like, that's the guy. You want people like that to show up. And then other people, when they're like, fuck, I hope that guy loses now. He's getting way too cocky. He's way too big. It's like, good too, though. Now you have yeah. both people. Muhammad Ali used to say, some people show up and love me. Some people show up because they want me to get my ass kicked as long as everybody's showing up. Yeah. You know, did, uh, did you feel that? <clears throat> honestly at the world stage no but i've been feeling that since i started powerlifting in france mm. uh, because everyone was always had something to say about me uh i squat high uh i have troubles making weight so uh, i'm training way out of my uh off oh, sorry no worries. i'm training <laughs> yeah sorry i'm training <clears throat> way out of my competition weight 
Um, what else? Um, I always perform in training and not, not in meets. You know, I've had a bunch of stuff thrown at me uh, over the years. So this, so in France, it's been some years that I'm the favorite, usually when I go into meets, so uh, national meet. And <clears throat> like you say, I think I'm divisive. Uh, maybe not at the work stage for now, uh, but in France, I've been, quote unquote, my whole career. So I'm used to that. And it doesn't bother me really uh, <clears throat> because um, at the end of the day, it doesn't change what I have to do. Uh, mm. I just have to show up. I just have to execute. I just have to give it my absolute best. And that's it. So, um, and, and usually people aren't saying that to my face. Usually it's like, uh, behind my back or in, in some DMs or whatnot. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I would say I'm used to that. So did, I, I didn't feel that at least at the worst stage. Maybe, maybe there was some of that, but I didn't, I didn't got, get it, you know? It, it's, it's better, like I'm telling you, man, when it comes to powerlifting, it's better to have people who actually like are in a little, it's not like you were shit talking to other people. You were yeah. just saying, I myself am this confident about what's going to happen. Um, and so it's, it's, it's different. It wasn't like you're putting anybody else down and, uh, yeah. like we need some, some personality like that when it comes to powerlifting and you need some people who are like, yeah, that rubbed me the wrong way. Okay, good. So when you, when you show up and watch now, now you can cheer for the other guy. Um, yeah. when you did show up and it was day of, how were you feeling when you go back there and, uh, first off making weight and then seeing obviously Sweden's own Eddie Berglund who's who was a junior world champion and uh, is it's his home nation you see sergey gladkick who is a two-time world champion um how was it back there so um when i uh, got to the hotel uh on monday uh, i was checking in and i'm randomly uh crossing uh eddie uh eddie berglund and he he goes he he comes up to me with a smile big like this and it's like, oh, Pana, nice to meet you. How are you, my friend, and stuff? And, you know, uh, we, we, like I told you, I, we are uh, against each other, but I don't have any resentment towards him. Yeah. Um, so I'm like all cool, friendly, but I like, to, I like to get things spicy a little bit. So I was like, hey, how are you feeling? And he was like, yeah, pretty good. And, you, and I was like, I'm feeling fantastic. So I hope <laughs> you are feeling great as well, because we're going to put on the show. And he was, he was you know, at the same energy as me at that time and so that was great that was cool uh, i met him the morning of uh so again pretty much the same story i was like oh how are you feeling and he was like i'm good and you i was like i'm awesome i'm feeling great and you know, it was it was a little bit of that and then with uh, sergey um quite the opposite um because <laughs> they were actually him and the 59 kg award champ uh, the other sergey were actually mocking me when i was walking past them uh, in Russian, obviously, so I couldn't understand. And, you know, the, the little smuggish uh, smile and the little, uh, uh, you know, small talk or whatnot. So it actually fired me up also um, because in the warm-up room, I was like throwing, throwing eye contacts with him. Uh, you know, like, hey, hey, big boy, look up. Look what's coming, you know, <laughs> this, this kind of stuff. And also when we were... Um, putting chalk uh so without even realizing it maybe maybe i did it on purpose i don't know there were a lot of 
uh, chalk balls um, in the warm-up area, but I was always getting my chalk right next to where he was standing, uh, making eye contact the whole time as well. So, you know, uh, I, I really enjoyed a lot <clears throat> the energy back there, back there, and also the fact that squats didn't go the way I wanted them to go because of my first attempt. Uh, this actually fired me up a lot. I was, I was really mad. And, you know, not about judging or whatnot. I was really mad in general. I was like, okay, let's bring that, that fire right now and let's bring that energy. And from now on, I'm, I'm 100% all in, you know. It's, um, it, well, first off, it'd be hilarious if you use his chalk bowl and then when you're done with the chalk, you just put it on the ground. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, yeah. And, that's, and you look at him and go, and that's where that goes. <laughs> some, some alpha shit. He's like, Jesus wept man settle down but um <laughs> you know it's funny i had charles apoco on here he he won worlds in 66 a couple of years and he was facing glad kick so glad kick won in 2016 and 17 and had not missed a single lift and defeated keith mcconey from the u.s who was the number one nomination coming in and he shocked everybody and beat keith and it was a big deal when he beat keith for the world title in 2016 came back in 2017 didn't miss a single lift again and then and afterwards i said like that's he's he's mr perfect he doesn't miss lifts and, and to do not miss a lift at the world championships i don't i don't gotta tell you is it's impossible like it's the unicorn you go nine for nine at a local meet go nine for nine at the worlds because the reason why it's tougher um first off the judging the category of judging is way higher and then you're getting pushed so you're not making attempts you're, like that you would take at a local meet when you can just do whatever the hell you want. You're getting crazy pushed, strategically loading the, you have to load the bar super to, to your top end and sometimes beyond and, and whatever the hell. So he went nine for nine. And I'm like, oh my God, like he's Mr. Perfect. When he faced Charles Apoko, Charles told me on the podcast, in the warm-up room, he had the same experience where... Fedoshenko, who's I think is friends with with uh, Gladkick, yeah. and then we're like shooting eyes, shooting the whole nine, and Charles was like, "Oh, all right, okay, that's how it's gonna be," and and it was that kind of maybe that's how they carry themselves, maybe that's how they get on, you know what I mean? Is yeah. they have to feel like that towards you, whatever it doesn't really matter, it doesn't change what's gonna happen anyways. And Gladkick for the first time missed a squat, and I remember on the broadcast saying. That was the first miss we had seen Mr. Perfect have. And that set the tone. And so Mr. Perfect became Sergey Gladkick. And then obviously Charles Apoko beat him and then beat him again. So they're both two-time world champions. When you faced him in Sweden, he didn't miss all day until his final deadlift. And on the commentary, I said, are we witnessing Sergey Gladkick transforming back into Mr. Perfect? And he was, he was on. And you had to beat the best possible version of a two-time world champion, which adds to your, your title. Like people say, like, who did you beat when you, when you won the title? Well, I mean, I beat a two-time world champion and I beat a junior world champion, I, like, whatever, right? But um, it made for an intriguing storyline. And uh, were you like paying attention to these things? Like, cause you, you didn't finish on the squats where you wanted to. We were thinking you're going to be around 260, 265 ish. You're probably thinking around the same. This is where, where I was probably eyeballing around. You ended up leaving under 250. So I was like, Oh shit, this could be, yeah. this could be tough. What, what yeah. were your thoughts when that was going on? 
<laughs> so um, honestly, uh, so my squad wasn't 100% uh, on the last two or three weeks. Um, I've been I've been in some uh, like it's been some weeks that I I'm questioning my squad in general, uh, trying different things, uh, especially regarding technique. Um, so honestly, I wasn't expecting that that 260 plus squat at that meet. Uh, top end, I was expecting 260. Uh, and I thought I would go with a minimum of 255. Mm. I was like, 255 is going to be like the lower third I'm going to make. I'm, I'm not going to attempt something lower than 255. Uh, I don't think I need to attempt something lower than that in order to make the lift, but I don't see myself e um, higher than 260. So that was the plan. So the plan was like 240 something opener, 250 something uh, second lift and 255-ish, 57 or 60 uh, on the third. So actually, uh, as you know, uh, I got uh, timed out on my first attempt because I wasn't staying upright enough for the judges at that time. So I had to scratch my first lift, my first lift. And then uh, I was left with the question, what do I do if I go up? And, you know, the thing is, at that time, I didn't know what else I was capable of doing in order to make it more convincing to the judges, because I've been squatting like this for my whole prep. Um, so it's not like, oh, yeah, I just have to extend the knees a little more. I was like, how do I look more upright than I already are? You know, I don't know. So this, this made the call pretty much. I was like, okay, uh, it's not worth it if I go up and then I time out again and then I'm facing bombing out. It, it's not worth it. So just take, took the same weight, moved as it was supposed to move. And then I was left again with the same question. So if I go up to 250 and I'm facing the same issue again, um, I'm moving on with 240 on squats and it's not the same story anymore. Um, so that explained why I had to load to 47.5, which is a weight. I think I did uh, four reps with that in training, maybe five. I can't remember correctly, but I've, I've hit multi multiple triples with two, 250 and stuff. So really that 247.5 was extremely low for me and for what I was expecting uh, at that time. So, um, and then I saw Sergey hitting his three lifts with ending with 255, which is a European record right now. Honestly, surprised me a little bit. And at that time, I was like, okay, so now, like I told you earlier, uh, he played a role in the beginning. Now I have to show him uh, that it's going to be different with bench and deads. So that was my mindset. I was like, okay, I lost some ground, uh, especially uh, when you compare to what I was thinking I was able to hit. But I still have three lifts on bench to focus on, three lifts on deads, so it's on. It's, it, here's the thing nobody's worlds ever goes as they plan. Like when people talk yeah. about numbers that they had at local meets, we saw this with us raw nationals. People were going into us raw nationals and talking about, he did this at a local meet. He did some, this at training. So we expect the podium to look like, and in reality, the podium was like 30 kilo less and like across the board. And it's like, that's us raw go to worlds. And, and people say that the world's like the, 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 uh, judging is even more strict and it's like whatever you think you did at a local meet if you're comparing those numbers to like what happened at worlds or whatever like look at the look at so many people's totals some not all of them go down but 
it's tough to get the same total when you're at Worlds. So for you to have the maturity to be like, it's okay. Like, like, like I got, I got, I got bench. I got deads. This is fine. It's not where I thought I'd be, but it's fine. But when it gets dicey, what people don't realize is like when, if, if the other person you're going against also missed a lift. Okay. Well, there we are. But yeah. if they go three for three and end with two fifty five, and that's exactly where you wanted to end. And you're like, all yeah. right, well, I need to not miss anymore. It becomes yeah. like, it becomes that. It becomes like, I have to fucking get this. And that is the perfect cue up for your bench, which ended up, let me just, let me just cue this up for you. Okay. So, um, because I, I, I was, it was an amazing moment. And, and then I want to get your impression, but it was the perfect cue where, yes, you can't keep missing. You got to tighten up because he's not missing today. And he's turning back into Mr. Perfect. So when bench came, you fucking had to hit my friend. And when you loaded your third bench, you, we, I was saying on the commentary, um, Penna is the king of the grind. Like your, your, your bench, your squat, like you had a couple, like it was work. Everyone's smashing their opening weight and your opening weight. When you retook it, looked like work And the co-commentary is like, look like work. I'm like, that's RP six for Penna though. Like this is, <laughs> you know, you know, it don't, if it's, it's misleading when you compare them to all these other individuals doing their warm up weight and their opener weight, because they're going to make it look like differently. It's just not the way he works. I was like, when he, when he needs to, there's a whole nother gear to this guy. And on your third bench, you couldn't miss anymore. That's out the window. The bridges are burned. You burned the boats. You're stuck. You have to fight. And on that fucking third bench, my friend, the king of the grind did his damn thing. And I don't know what it felt like to you, but watching it live, when you watch it, you know what? When you watch things back, you know when an athlete shows a coach, look, it wasn't that bad. You see it on the phone. Well, you're like, I don't give a fuck what the phone says. The phone's lying. When I watched it live, that was way worse than you think it is. When I watched that live and it's a bench and I knew you can't keep missing. I was like, oh, holy shit. He's still fighting. And this thing is slowing. And I'm like, oh my God. And you locked it out. And it was the craziest, slowest grinder and you needed it. And then when you got up and I said, you heard me, I go, and there he is, the king of the grind. And you turned around to the crowd and threw your arms out. And it was like a perfect, it was a fucking moment where if Glackick's turning into back into Mr. Perfect, you're turning back into king of the grind. And Mr. Perfect is going to face off with king of the grind. And you needed that. You needed Mr. Perfect and King of the Grind because if it wasn't going to be King of the Grind, Mr. Perfect was going to win the day. And that was, before we get into deads, a fucking turning moment where it's like, okay, we're back. What did you feel like going into the bench? Were you like, I, I can't miss anymore? So, you know, usually I, I don't look at, at the board, honestly, uh, because I don't know if that, made, that makes the athlete, the athlete any, any service, you know? uh but happens i was looking at the board that day and so i saw him way higher than i thought he would be and i'm like okay so he's higher than i thought he would be on squats i'm lower than i thought i would be he's higher than i thought than i thought he would be on bench uh and like you said i was like i can't miss right now like it's, there's no chance i'm missing any lift today on bench so uh, my opener moved the way it should have 
same with my second. And then I was left with a choice on my third. Uh, so either 170 or 167.5. Um, and like you said, I needed every, every kilo. So I was like, okay, let's secure 167.5. So honestly, I was 99.9% .9 sure I was going to hit it. I didn't have almost any, any doubt that I was able to, to hit it on that day at that time. So uh, when, when so I, I get the pose, I'm pressing the weight. And as I'm pressing, I'm like, okay, it's fine. I'm going to lock it out. Uh, I got it. It's, it's a matter of seconds, you know. So I wasn't freaking out. I knew that uh, my technique was, was on point. And on that day, I was able to actually grind my bench uh, like, I'm, like I'm used to. Um, so yeah, so when it was coming up, I was like, okay, let, let's go. I'm going to finish it. And when I finished it, actually, um, I think there was a time where there was no, no noise because uh, the crowd was waiting for the judges' um, uh, light. And so I heard you say, and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, king of the grind or whatnot. And I was like, okay, I, I, have, to actually, I have to actually give back, you know. And uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't specifically happy with my performance because 167.5 isn't a weight that I'm happy with. Uh, because I've been hitting this like two or three times in a row in a meet, whether it be 167.5 when it's not uh, an official meet. And, and, and at, at nationals, I think I did 168 or 168.5 because it was a French record. Uh, so, you know, it's not something that I'm particularly proud of, but I was like, I grinded out the, the lift I needed in order to stay, stay in the run for uh, the first place. Let's, let's give the crowd a little... A little dude, something, you know. It was a moment, dude. It listen, and you're right. I remember the. It's so bizarre when um the lights like before the lights come on, the crowd's waiting. Yeah, and I know everyone's gonna hear what I'm saying, and um, yeah. When I threw that out there, and there he is, the king. Because you, I don't think you realized how fucking sensational it was to watch. Because in your mind, you're like, I got this. We're good. But yeah. no one else knows that. And um and watching someone grind that long, knowing if you hit this, I believe you ended up tying it up on subtotal and you're behind. If you hit it, you're back onto even ground. If you miss, you're behind again. And you might be able to out deadlift them, but now you have to out deadlift them and more because you're behind. So it becomes like like I like it it was just too much that you needed it. So when you were grinding like that, it was like the tension was palpable, man. You could feel it. So when I said that and you heard me say it, when you turned around and threw your arms out for that moment, like that's the shit, man, where you need to like, some people will just leave it. And some people will like, this is a moment. And um, I, I just got queued up for it. I just got yeah. queued up for a moment. Let's go. You know, that's the yeah. shit that like Russell or he does when he breaks a world record. And he like yeah. goes out from under the bar, heads towards the crowd. So like, let's go. Let's yeah. Starts yelling, getting the crowd behind. It's like, you got it. If you find yourself in a moment, like fucking hit that ball, young man, hit it out the park, and you did good, man. It was good. I think I think Russ is ahead of me for that, but I'll Doggy, try to catch up. I'll try let, to catch let me, up. You know, Russ can grind too. He's he's had some grinders yeah. on squats that are beautiful. Yeah. He's he's actually a low key, a pretty big grinder, but no one has a grind king like you do. So in terms of like the the crowd rallying behind you. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing, man. It'll be crazy. Like when you and come I back, I feel the energy. You know, I don't necessarily hear anything, but I feel the energy, and I saw the, uh, I see the faces, uh, and I, I especially have that uh, in the gym where I see the the faces of my of my of my equipe there, 
and I, I see, you know, the fire in their eyes. And even though I don't hear anything, because uh, when I lift, I have this little, you know, uh, whistle, uh, which I don't hear anything. I think we'll have it. Uh, but when I see the faces, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And and th they're they're enjoying it and they want me to 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 actually make the lift and they're enjoying it as well. So let's go, let's go, let's go. And that's that's what I, I was having with my 167.5 because you don't hear anything clearly, but you just have a sense where you're like, oh, it's noisy out here. So let's enjoy it. It's weird how the senses, like, I mean, it's it's gotta be evolutionary, but the, the, look at the crowd was going crazy. I was going crazy. Like there's no way, it's weird how when you need to, you can key into what you're doing and block things out because you have to which has to be evolutionary as well. That's why we're all here. We have the ability to do that, but you, there, it's a, you, your ears don't shut off. So you are definitely aware. So when you're in the, in the middle of this fight or flight and you're getting the job done, you don't hear nothing, but you're aware. You have yeah, to, exactly. You're yeah, right exactly. beside us. You have to hear it, but you're, yeah. so it's a weird, must be a very weird sense. Yeah. During that, that moment. It's, it's so cool, man. It's so cool. I, I enjoy it. Like literally it's, I don't want to say it's what what makes lifting for me so fun because it's not just that, but that's where I get my my little you know uh, heart moments. That's where I'm like, okay, quote unquote, I'm alive. I'm here right now, yeah. and it's happening. So let's get the better out of it. Um, it's it's also important too to like celebrate your win. So I know some people <clears throat> if they're not hitting PRs walk off the platform and they yeah. don't have that energy yeah and um they'll look back and be like you wish you had celebrated appropriately because the crowd exactly. gets in celebrate with the crowd the crowd buys in they don't give a shit if you're five kilo below or two and a half kilo lower or whatever the shit they just saw a crazy grinder and you got it celebrate it keep it moving and everybody will remember these moments and be like oh yeah as opposed to you'll only celebrate if you have a personal best. Those are really difficult. Like that's why it's good to like be in the moment and be like, I'm going to be in the moment, man. This is my moment. I just did my damn thing. I, I battled back. Yeah. hundred percent. I think we, we have to accept and agree that the sport in a way is, is an entertainment, you know, and obviously performance is important and, and standard and whatnot. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's an entertainment. And if the sport is, not as entertaining as it should be, then it's going to stay, quote unquote, a, 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 a small sport. And on the contrary, if it gets more and more entertaining to watch, then I think it's growing, it's getting more, uh, more market uh, value, uh, so more sponsors. So, and you know, the, the sport is getting better and bigger. So I think uh, those, quote unquote, show athletes, like, like Russ for me is, is one of the perfect examples. Uh, I would say in the untested, John Hack is one of the great examples as well, where when he, he, he hits a lift, he has this look, this face, this attitude, same with Russ, but Russ makes it more, uh, more clear, I think, uh, more show, mm. uh, but John Hack also has it, I think. That's, that's really important. And like you said, uh, like I remember a guy in the 93s or 105s, I can't remember, he was so high in energy, screaming like a maniac when he was hitting his lifts. He was from Hungary, I think. And when he was helping himself, 
he was hyping himself in English. I think he was doing that in a way that the crowd could understand as well. Mm. Because why, why would why would a Hungarian guy hype himself in English? Doesn't make a lot of sense. What and a he was showman. like, let's go, let's go. And you know, he was screaming like that. And I remember him. You know, I, I don't remember 90% of the 93s. Obviously, you remember the top guys, but I do remember this guy, although he was maybe top 10. I remember him because he was having this moment, he had that energy, and he was actually playing with the crowd, uh, drawing energy from the crowd and give it, giving it back. So I think, but in a way, you don't have to overdo it because if you overdo it and you scream just like, you know, yeah. it's just going to be annoying for everybody. Uh, you have to know how to do it. Uh, but when you know how to do it, like like Russ again, for instance, it, it makes it way more interesting to watch. And it's way more, um, way more buy-in for the public, for the audience as well. And I learned to do that pretty late, you know, I think maybe some months ago uh, where I had meets where I wasn't hitting exactly the numbers I wanted. I was hitting solid numbers at official events, but not, not those that I wanted. But I still learned to you know, to thank the audience for the love, for the shout, for the, for the engagement. And I think that's the best way to, to thank uh, the audience as an athlete. It's, it's to actually show them uh, how appreciate you are uh, for, for their support, their love, their, their cry for you or whatnot, you know. People remember how you made them feel. So yeah. when, you, when you watch a sporting moment, I don't care if it's on TV, or if it's live, like a powerlifting meet or whatever sport you're watching, if you felt something when you watched it, like if you felt inspired, if you felt in awe, what you now you're remembering. And um, Russ was lifting; he's so far ahead of everybody else, and still got the crowd behind him and excited. Usually, if, if you're watching a basketball game and one team's up by the halfway point that that much, you start losing people. But Russ could be like that guy who's like. Let's go. Let's like he's rallying you before he goes. He's celebrating with you afterwards, stepping towards the crowd afterwards, celebrating with you. Like he's um, so before he hits the lift, he's like bringing them in. We're going to do this. Give me some energy. We're going in together. And then after you guys hit it together, let's celebrate together. He walks into the crowd, celebrates with you. That is you make people feel a certain way. They walk away and they're not going to forget that. Now you got them. Now, now I'm a Russell Reefin. So when you come back up for bench, when you come back up for deads, now I'm with you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's how you get a crowd, man. That's how you work a crowd is celebrate with them and bring them in when, when you start it off. Um, so 100% and, uh, and make them feel something. But if you don't, you did it leading into the fucking worlds when you made a statement and I made that dope ass meme to make it look cool. You know, this is it. This is all part of it. It starts before the competition even starts. So yeah. when you're, when you're done your bench and you're moving into the deadlifts, now I believe you guys are dead. Even I think on subtotal and both you guys, you, you start off with the bigger deadlift. Are you paying yeah. attention to, cause he's, we, we're not sure where his top end deadlift is. Sometimes he's a little shaky on his deadlift. He's hit and miss, but today he's not missing and he's turning back into Mr. Perfect. Were you paying attention to what he was doing? Uh, honestly not. Uh, because you know, I, I didn't know his exact numbers, but I knew I was the better deadlifter. So I was like, I'll, I'll just hit my deadlifts and I'm more champ. 
so honestly, no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't looking at at his lift. Uh, not the numbers, nor uh, actually how the weights were moving for him. I was actually not paying attention. I was like, if I do what I think I'm able to do. So I was actually setting myself for between 25 and 290 for my third. Uh, so I wanted 270, 280. And then uh, if there was uh, a tight comp, then maybe 282, 285 in order to win. Or if I was uh, higher, then loading what I needed to load. Actually, I was aiming at the world record. And uh, if things uh, were, um, were how I thought that they, they were be, they were going to be uh, after my squat, I think I was uh, attempting the world record total at that time, which didn't happen, but you know. So yeah, so I, I wasn't really looking. And actually uh, on my second, I didn't take 280, I took 277.5 and it wasn't me uh, wanting that, it was the coaching staff um, because they wanted me to, you know, make sure 101% I was going to make the lift and I wanted 280 and they were like, you know, I, we think you sh we should load 275 in order to be absolutely sure. And we actually had 10 seconds where I had to, I had to challenge the, their authority, quote unquote, because I was like, you know, if you're loading anything under 277.5, I'm going to get mad because, you know, if my top, if my strength requires me to load 280 with my second lift, why should I load five kilos less? There's just absolutely no point. So they're like, okay, fine. We're not loading 280, but let's go with 277.5. So took that. And then, uh, and then I told them, uh, I think my top end is around 285, 287.5 for today so load whatever you need to load in order to you know either take the w or uh, at that time it wasn't possible to do the, the world record total but it was still possible to do a 700 kilos total which i think has only been achieved by charles at the world stage uh, did he do it at worlds though uh yeah 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 because it's he, a world record total it's yeah, seven five let's let me double check that i think it was at worlds uh, in sweden i think in Sweden, Let, yeah. let's. I'm gonna pull up the records right now. Yeah, go ahead. But I think it was like 2019 Sweden 705, 705. Yeah, I think. Um, let me pull this up. Totals 66 Charles 705.5. You're right, sir. Yeah, uh, 705.5. So at that time, I, 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 he's the only one who did who did it uh, at an international event. Um, so I was like, okay, being the, th the second to hit it, no, I'll take that for today. And so uh, they loaded 285. And to be honest with you, I think I talked to you a little bit about that after, after the event. But when I go to do my final deadlift, I'm not sure I won or not. Yeah. I'm, I'm 90 something percent sure I won, but I'm not 100% sure. But honestly, for me, it didn't change anything because whether I was winning or not, I had to actually make that lift at that time. So happened what happened, but yeah. He, so he, he ended up trying to pull as well, 285. Um, he missed, but he had the deadlift first. So because he had to go first, he's essentially trying to load the bar with enough to push you to have to load the bar with more than you can handle. But he also does, doesn't want to overextend himself. When you have to deadlift first, that's tough. Um, I think you had lot number advantage. So 
he's he's pulling the exact same weight as you, but he has to go first because so, so you get to go uh, last. And he misses 285. Now you ended up pulling 285 and missing 285 as well. So, but you didn't know that he missed his so that you had already, then you had already won with your second. But if he had hit his third, you had to hit your third. So then the yeah. way it was playing out, I mean, it's 2020 hindsight. Who knows where he could have left off? He hit a 272 and a half. So 285 is a 12 and a half kilo jump. That's a pretty big jump. Yeah. He knew you were a big deadlifter though. He knew like the, the, the Russians put a lot of credit towards your deadlift. Like you went in there thinking I got a bigger deadlift. They also were thinking that that's why they loaded so big looking back now. I'm sure they're thinking, fuck, we should have loaded like two, eight, two, whatever, 280, oh. 280, but you, you still would have out pulled them. If you're coming into deads, even you're going to out pull him. Um, and you probably won't look like on your third, you're not going to load the bar with more than you need to win yeah. anyway. So, um, it was, it could have been, it still was like fairly close until it was up until the last tennis. And then once yeah. he missed you, you had it locked up in one. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's tough when you miss your last pull and you don't know that it's already won. Cause your initial reaction is going to be like, ah, oh, shit. Like, did I, did I lose or like, when did yeah. you find out you won? Uh, so actually I, I lost balance because I, 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 so I, I finished the lift, locked it out. And then before I get the down command, my, my left hand just stove right. and yeah. I just dropped, dropped the bar. And so, you know, it's not as, and then I, I went down with the bar. It just straight up opened my hand. And so I lost my balance there. And so when I lost my balance, the French coach, uh, whose name is Cyril came to me. And he came to lift me up. And while he was with me lifting me up, he was like, kid, you won. So that's how I knew that uh, I actually won. Because before, uh, you know, so Cyril is a, is a big dude, I think, for everyone who, who sees who I'm referring to. So uh, when I'm going to do my third lift, and uh, I'm fortunate enough that we train together oftentimes and stuff. So he knows how to hype me up. And so he hyped the hell out of me. <laughs> he was like, Kate, you trained for years just for that single lift. And, you know, he was screaming crazy, like really, really crazy, you know. And so I was like, oh, shit, I actually needed in order to win. I, I needed to become more champ. So, you know, he actually played his role so that I didn't know if I was winning yeah. or if I had already won or if I needed that to, to become more champ or whatever. So... Um, so when he came back to me after, after I, I, I let go and I, I lost balance, he was like, it's okay. Still won. <laughs> so that's, that's how I knew. And then, you know, I, I wanted to, to shake uh, a little, to, to do a little wave at the crowd, but, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's what I was, uh, telling to you earlier. I think at, at some point it's impossible to, to play a role. So at that time, I wasn't um, happy with myself. Uh, I wasn't proud because, I, because in my mind, I was like, okay, so if I needed this lift in order to be world champ, I wouldn't be world champ right now. So I felt that it's not as if I won, but as if he lost, you know? So I won by default. So, you know, I didn't want to, to make like, quote unquote, until you the proud found guy. Out, until you found out he also missed. 
<laughs> you're like, okay, well, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, well, I'm all right. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it happened to me sometimes where I'm getting outpulled in deadlifts, which is maybe uh, one of the reasons why I improved so much on deadlifts because I was like, okay, no more getting outpulled and I can do anything. Uh, because like, for instance, we're going to talk about Eddie. Pretty much Eddie's, Eddie's performance was done with his bench at this event. I'm not talking in general, I mean at this event, because when you're pulling 230 uh, at the world stage against guys that are pu pulling 270 plus and that are squatting more than you and that are only benching like 15 to 20 below you, if they're out pulling you by 40, 50 kilos, man, it's done. Yeah. So I always wanted to have this option and to be like, I'm going to battle till the end and I'm not going to get, to get out pulled by 30 kilos and I'm watching my opponent absolutely destroy me yeah so so that was that was it so you know i wasn't that proud um but i was like you know it was enough to take the w today but i feel that if i was facing maybe um a tougher opponent uh like, like charles apoco for instance or daniel clements or you know those top guys i don't know if that would have been sufficient you know, it, it's different. I mean, you never know. We can all come in with our nomination totals or whatnot and be like, yeah, uh, I, I was about to hit 712. Okay, uh, I did 730 in the gym. So what does that mean? Yeah, it doesn't uh, mean anything. Here's the thing. You're, you're comparing your not best day to their possible best day. Exactly. Which, is, yeah. which isn't fair, though, because they also have had days where um, 100%. Like, like, like you – you didn't leave squats. You left squats. Like if you left, if you left the squat, give yourself your best day then. So let's say you leave squats with 260. Let's say you leave squats with a little more than 260 because your training was super duper on point. And let's say, um, and that dead that you, and let's say you leave bench with, with a PR bench as opposed to a whatever bench. And then let's say, uh, let's say you nail your third dead because that dead, I was just about to celebrate with you. I was, yeah, I, when you listen to broadcast, I was like, he's done. I was about to say he's done it. And then it came out of your hands. So let's say the half second, you hold it for a half second more and you get the down command. Cause it was over. Uh, we were all celebrating. The crowd was celebrating the, 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 the commentators. We were all like in, in the booth. We were like, Oh, it, it was, it was the crazy pen grind that we wanted. So you give yourself your best day. If you're going to give them your best day. And, yeah, and then it becomes, it, it doesn't work. Like you can't give yeah. your, you can't, that's the thing of comparison. You know, when they say comparison is the thief of joy, when you compare, we always compare our worst against their best. And that's yeah. not how life actually works because they are also human and the exact same shit happens to them. Um, but uh, yeah, I know what you mean. It's totally normal to think that way. And it's probably what keeps you hungry. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how I felt uh, like in the moments, uh, in the seconds after my dad, I was like, I didn't want, uh, I didn't win today. He just lost. And my, my, what I would consider for myself, my okay performance was enough to take the W today, which was my number one goal for sure. Uh, but I can be, I can be proud of that. Well, I can be proud of my achievement, but I can't be really, really proud of my performance. And then right after that, um, I go back uh, to the warm-up room. And honestly, man, I, I have to admit it, I cried like, like oh, a little baby. Oh, shit! Man, <laughs> I, I cried a lot. So I cried in, in, so in Cyril's uh, arms. 
Then uh, Anissa, my fiance, came with me. I cried a lot with her. Uh, then you came. Uh, I can't remember if I cried with you. I maybe. think you did, homie. I think I think I did, man. Uh, I didn't want to say nothing. Did. I didn't want to say <laughs> nothing. Okay, I didn't tell I, nobody. I didn't tell nobody. <laughs> I'm proud of it, you know. Honestly, <laughs> I think you actually have to understand your emotions and to be to be okay with them. Uh, I've been training like my ass off for years and years to achieve that. So yeah. it was all of those emotions, all of those moments that actually led to that to that me at that time. And so. Uh, yeah, this, this, that's when I realized it was real. Uh, I just became more champ. It's fucking crazy to say, dude. There's a, like, to, powerlifting is a for real global sport. Like, there are sports that are like, I, there are sports, man, where their world championships is, you know, they got like six nations or something. It's not, you know, yeah, yeah. it is what it is. That's cute, but it's not a real yeah. world championship. Powerlifting for real has like, the IPF has 130 nations. Let that sink. Wild. Yeah. 130. This is a for real global sport. This is a, almost anywhere you go in the world, there are gyms and people lifting weights. This isn't a sport where only a few people do. And fucking you being a world champion in, in a for real global sport in the open, that's fucking wild, man. It's crazy when you think about what you, would, you actually achieved. Right. Yeah, I, I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you. And <laughs> I, I, man, honestly, you know, if if I was just a talent for the sport and I was like this this gifted guy, uh, everything handed up to him, like perfect technique without having to work, whatnot. I don't know how I would have taken it, but I I, I wouldn't describe myself as this guy. I would describe myself more as the as the hungry hungry uh hungry bastard dog bastard dog you know what i mean hmm. like the, the kind the kind that has to work i don't want to say harder than everybody else because i don't know how hard everybody else is working but man i'm working extremely hard so you know it, it was it was so so much more better for me so so much better for me and i got a tons of tons of dms where people were like man I'm actually happy because you won because you sh you are showing to us that your hours and hours of work aren't for nothing because you actually did it. So now we've seen you accomplish that uh, because of how much work and passion and efforts you, you put in the sport. Then this gives me also the idea and, and the example that it's possible, that it, mm. it, it can happen, that we don't have to start uh, squatting 250 in order to be able to become more champ at, the, at, a, at a certain point because at my first ever meet I squatted 160 or 70 as a 74 kilo junior which is okay I think it's it's not weak by any standards but it's not strong either it's that's your bench okay. now yeah exactly that's what <laughs> I'm benching right now and one one weight class below yeah so yeah so this this was this was what I what I I, I couldn't I couldn't dream of anything as sweet as that. Just my hard work paid off to the highest standard possible at the highest meet possible to that day. You, you know how few people are ever in their lifetime going to participate in a world championship in any sport in a true global 
sport? Very, very few, 1%. You know how few people will actually podium out of the one percenters in a true global sport at a world championship? Fucking, it's, it's how many people are going to walk away and be like a world champion in the open? It's, it's, uh, it's so few, my friend. Only eight men that day out of all the hundreds all year training for this, eight men out of all year are going to walk away and be like, I know what this feels like. Like you can talk to Anatoly about it, but you know what I mean? Like nobody else is going to understand how it feels and what, and what it's like. And the fact that your style of lifting is all heart and grind. Like you're like the Rocky Balboa of powerlifting. Like <laughs> in terms of like they said about Rocky, like, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't dance around like Ali. He's not fast. You sure as fuck aren't a fast lifter. Um, you know, you're, it's not like, out, like some certain boxers, like smooth and pretty and so fucking fluid. It's a, it's a science where Rocky Balboa based off of Rocky Margiano, which is grit and heart. He threw a punch and he missed, he'd hit the ground. Um, and it's like, and you're, you walk in there and you said like my levers, it looks ugly. You know, when I squat in there and I hit depth, it's so fucking hard for me due to my levers and femurs to like hit depth. And it's, and it looks like everything's a grind and my levers are all fucking off and I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm not built like certain guys, like a Russell or he was built to squat and he squats. It looks pretty and he can yeah. grind and stay in the pocket. You, you are out of the pocket from the get go. You, you, yeah. it looks like your form broke down once you got the squat command because yeah, exactly. you, you don't, your body doesn't fold down in, in that and you have to fight harder because of it. Every single time you have to work harder every time. And the thing is, people see that and they see you level up and they realize like it's all fucking heart. You just don't stop. You stick with every goddamn attempt. And it's crazy entertaining to watch. So when you win, it is like you're going to get DMs and people will be like, I don't need to. I don't have the levers. I don't know this. I don't know that. Yeah. Have you seen Penna? Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know? Just grind, man. And I think uh, that's that's actually what what I want to throw out there. It's that you know uh, you don't have to be uh, a really short guy compared to your weight class in order to be competitive. You don't have to have a three centimeters rum on every lift in order to be competitive. Uh, what you what you need is one love for the sport and two work. Just, just show work, you know, for months, for years. I really hate this question of uh, how good, how, how do I know if my genetics are good for the sport? Man, what does that even mean? So be, just because out of the get-go, you are not better than LeBron James, you're not going to, you're not going to try to play basketball. Um, just because you're not as good as Habib Nurmagomedov is for wrestling or whatever, you're, you're not going to try fighter it just just doesn't make any sense for me first you love the sport and if you love the sport then you find a way to get better to get stronger and the this absolute top end level of strength is the world champ stage the world champ status which is like you said something just a few people can can talk about like i achieved it so now i did it um i think it, it gives more uh power to when i when i tell people Hey, look at me. Uh, like you said, I'm grinding my squat from, from the second I'm going into the hole, from the second I get the start command. I have, I don't know how if many you get centimeters. The start command. If, if I do, you... 
<laughs> which, now which you can be like, now you can say, you know how awkward it is. I don't even get star commands. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the next level, you know. That's the next level, baby. Command. It's all heart. <laughs> yeah. Then then I have this range of emotion of my bench, which isn't, you know, like super, super, super big, but it's it's quite quite big enough. Mm-hmm. And then on my dead, I'm deadlifting conventional uh, with quite the rum as well. So, you know, um, and for me, the, the best example in this regard is John Hack, uh, because I think that John Hack shouldn't be able to lift the weights he's lifting with his leverage as well. Uh, but he mm-hmm. does it, and he's one of the best in history, I think, of the sport. Uh, and that's the same shit. He just shows up. He just shows that with a close grip, you can actually bench to 60. Uh, he shows that with a conventional deadlift, you can actually deadlift 400. And with a squat that this guy shouldn't be able to squat 360, he's doing it. Mm. So, you know, uh, in a way, I've been inspired by him um, because I think I watched him compete against Brett Gibbs in 2016, 17? 16 in Texas. Okay, so he, he did his last IPF meet in 16? Yeah. Okay, so I saw that and was like, whoa, that's that's crazy, you know. And so that's that's pretty much the same for me. I'm like, you know, whatever. You can change your leverages. That's something. Um, and the time you're spending bitching about it, you could be spending this time thinking how to optimize your technique for you or program better or just work harder, uh, be more intense, be more involved in the sport, do the little extra things you're not doing in order to get to that next level, getting your sleep right, your nutrition right, uh, getting your psychology right, whatever. So, you know, um, I'm glad that now I can have this, this background for my talk as well. It's um, 100% proof is in the pudding, sir. Like you could, like from here on out, like here's, yeah. here's something that a world title gets you. From here on out for the rest of your life, when you talk to people about hard work and achieving and the pressure and the whole nine, nobody wants to hear from just usual Joe Blow you now from you have that like you're like let me let me tell you about what i did like when you're an older you could fucking do motivational speaking and be like here it is and it could be the exact same what you just said everything was against me joe rogan has a good quote that floats around i see it on instagram some people use it in the background where he's like i hate it when people tell me like i wish i would have started this sooner i wish i would have you stop you didn't so get going start going work now start working you, you can't go back. You can't, you can't start sooner. It's already happened. You found it the age you found it. Start working now. doesn't matter. And it's the same thing with levers. It's the same, but you don't have those levers. Start working. Yeah. You, what are you going to yeah. do? You're going to bitch about it? Let's go. Start yeah. working right now. Make it work. And, if you, and you, go, you will find somebody who did make it work. Like, like Lane Norton has terrible squat levers and he broke Yeah, exactly. He, yeah he's exactly. That guy, he's that guy. Lane Norton has terrible squat levers. His squat looks terrible to watch. Fucking broke a world record. And, yeah. and he, his, he had the, a terrible initial uh, experience with squatting. I forget. He said it was like 300 and something. He ended up doubling it in a couple of years, just working like a son of a bitch. Same with you, man. It's like, just go. Let's go. Stop. Stop making excuses, man. You're going to talk yourself out of working hard. Yeah. And, you know, I think in a way, um, I started powerlifting my last year as a junior. That was my first year of powerlifting. So I think, I think this, this is 22 years old. 
because the year you turn 23, then that's the year you become open. I think that's that's it. You, you can Maybe be I'm a junior wrong. when you are 23, but I th- in that year you turn, I think it's like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think in that year you turn open. Right, right, right. So I started that as a 2022 20, last year junior. And you know, you know how uh, a lot of juniors are like, so now I'm out of the juniors. So I'm not going to make the national team in the open for years. I'm not going to podium at the Worlds for years or whatever. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't have this, this opportunity because the first year I started, then it was already my last year as a junior. Mm. So, and I didn't, I didn't know back then, you know, what, it, what actually it meant to go to the open. And I didn't really care. I was like, that's it, you know, so I'm not a junior anymore. I'm with the open and the open are stronger. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm planning on getting stronger myself. So why, why would that be different or why would that change anything? And like you said, that's, that's the same thing. You can actually find 101 excuses. The question is not how many excuses you find is how value, how strong and how valuable do you think they are? And usually they're not that strong and that valuable. Usually they're not. Dog, I, whenever people tell me, like there, there's always going to be people who, so once people start doing that to themselves, I wish I would have found it sooner or I wish I had the better levers. Once you say that one too many times, you will start not training as hard because you think you're not going to yeah. make it anyway. A lot 100%. of people are like, tell me I can be world champion. I'll put in six days a week. But if exactly. I don't know I can, if that's not for sure, you were telling me I could do six days a week, week after week, month month after month, year after year, and never get anywhere. Yeah, I'm telling you that could happen. Then I'm probably not going to. No, you're probably not. Very few yeah. people will. And um, once you start talking to yourself about, like you talk yourself out of it, you're just not going to make it. And you never fucking know if you're one of the people who would have made it in spite of. There is a fucking MMA fighter with one hand. One hand, a professional fighter. And he's like, his record's like 15 and four. He won, he'd be 15 guys with one hand, my friend. Like, like it's, don't tell me. I don't, do you have two hands? Then fucking you could fight. Like, like you're better than this guy. And he walks to a cage with his shirt off and fist fights. And he's got one fist. So enough. I, I, I don't yeah. care. I don't want to hear it like, like. When people try to talk me out of shit, it, it's the same deal. It's like, you know what this guy probably heard? Like, it's it's crazy, man. It's just stop. You, you got to be careful who you surround yourself with and who you present your ideas to. Because sometimes people talk you out of things like they want to be the first one to be. Ah. It's like, all right, well, keep note who is those people and protect your ideas and your ambitions, man. Because like, it's true. You could talk yourself out of it too. Um, yeah. So yeah, it is what it is. It, what about earlier? Um, so, well, well, first off, how does it feel to know that you're a world champion now? It's one thing that you, you're coaching other people, the world champions to become world champions. How does it feel now to be like, like totally different from 2019 where your athletes are meddling in podiuming and you didn't. Now you're a world champion. Like you will always have you. You always yeah. got you. Yeah. You know, you'll always, that's it. You wake up with you, you go to sleep with you, and you'll always be you. How's it feel differently? So, so honestly, I think um, some people look up to me in France uh, in general, and especially, you know, um, 
you know, a little training environment uh, because I'm actually one who started uh, powerlifting uh, in meets and competition uh, the earlier. Uh, Leah maybe started a year before me, but I, I, I'm the one out of our group that started also. So there's Leah and then I started. So I, I was always feeling that I needed to show the example, you know, I needed to show how it can be done. So when I didn't in 2019, I actually felt, I don't want to say ashamed, but a little, I was like, you know, they executed how they, they should have executed and I didn't, and I feel bad about it. So now uh, I feel that, um, I, th I, I think that I can be looked up to and that I, I actually put in the work in order to achieve that. So now when they look up to me, I'm like, okay, you look up to me because I showed you it's possible. I showed you, you can go from fifth in 2019, not, not even on the radar for the podium to being the favorite going to meet world stage and becoming world champ. Hmm. So that changes a little in this regard. Um, I feel that it gives, it gives me my, my, I don't know how to say it, but um, I don't, I don't want to say legitimacy because I don't feel that that's it because otherwise they're, they're what, like eight people in the world that are legitimate to talk about the sport. So that's true. And, you know, it <laughs> yeah. just doesn't make, doesn't make any sense, but more like, if I'm telling you, if we do this and that and this, you're going to get to that level, you too. Then because I'm doing it and because I, I got to that level, now I can show them it's possible. And I'm like, okay, you, you have this example that it, it works, you know, it, it works because mm -hmm. I did it. So yeah, I feel more in this way. And also, um, again, honestly, I, I've been working so hard for, for it, man. Um, in a way, I feel I got what I deserve, in a way. So not, be, not because you're working hard, you're going to be world champ, but everyone who becomes world champ had, has worked really, really hard. Dog, that's a really good saying. Yeah, right there. I, I, got, I got it from an anime. But, uh, oh, fuck, I thought that was yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. Okay, from, fair I, enough. That's actually a boxing anime. Okay. Which, nice which you might like. I do. My like. I do. So, uh, so you know, that's it. And actually, uh, there is the uh, another one I got from the same anime, and I think you'll like it as well. So that's the way I view myself for now. Okay, I'm watching. That's cool. That's what I've been working for. I'm really, really happy. But I feel that I'm a cheese champ. You know, we have this French cheese where you have a lot of holes in it then I'm feeling like this kind of champ. So I'm champ, but I look like a beatable one. Mm. You know, maybe some guys are like, hey, so if I put this and that and that, then I might, I might beat Banner. And I want to be on that next, next level where you're like, no one is unbeatable, you know, no one. Mm. Or you may be unbeatable for one year or two and then someone shows up. Yeah. But I don't think you should thrive of being unbeatable. But I think you should thrive off being extremely hard to beat, like extremely hard to beat. And I don't feel I have this status. So now my next goal is to actually get that status. So actually stop being a cheese champ and being a real one. It, it's tough because when you're a quote unquote cheese champ, like look at 
Russell, when when he's when it's when it's what he had at U.S. Raw Nats and in in Worlds, um, essentially Russell without Brett is is fucking looking unbeatable. But when yeah. Brett's there, they're going right down to the last dead. When Brett's yeah. there, it's it's you flip a coin and those fellas, like they're they are one in one and they they haven't decided their third match yet, but they are neck and neck. And um, so even Russ, who's a phenomenal champ, has somebody the wrong person shows up and it's a battle right to the end. Like it's it's a you know Keiko, phenomenal lifter. Keiko by the skin of his teeth wins Raw Nats and by the skin of his teeth wins Worlds. But I tell you what. It's better that he, like in terms of viewing, Keiko's never in a bad day. Like his sessions are amazing to watch. Like, like it's he probably would love to have an easy one. Like at the end, he's so emotionally breaks down and cries every time because he just wins. But it is so in terms of sports fan, it's amazing. Like Keiko yeah. doesn't have a bad meet. Like, like in terms of a fan watching, it's like, oh my God. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd call his sessions anytime. Whereas like Fedeshenko in the 59s. Oh my God. He's yeah. literally unbeatable, but it's really difficult to call his sessions because he's so far ahead. I know what you yeah. mean though. It, it would be nice to be like, um, it also says to the point that you have competition though. There's some, yeah. there's some, there's some flights in classes that don't have competition. And it's like, nah, when you're in a good class, like you're in a good class, you got competition. So that's good too. But um, yeah, I know what you mean too. I, I also do get you what you mean where, when people show up, you want them to be like, you know, oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. There's Pena. Here's yeah. what I think. Here's what I'll tell you. You have though, because you're conventional puller the whole night, like a sumo puller, it's always going to be kind of 50, 50 when it gets to the top end weight, if they teeter over and can lock it out because you're conventional, the way your style is, you're never out of it. Cause you know, you could, you'll always be that guy that you can fucking load up something crazy and do and hit it whether it's bench squat or like you could be pressed to the wall and it'll be, and everyone will have to accept the fact that he could fucking grind that out. And you know, it like, like it, everyone has to accept the fact, well, I got a good lead. I got you. I got you. Mm -hmm. But if he fucking really, really, he might fucking grind that out though. And you know, it. 50, 50, it, it's going to, it could be one of those miracle, like a boxer with the big punch in the 12th round, like it, that. And that's not a lot of people have that. It just yeah. isn't the way they, they work. You do have that, my man. Yeah, yeah, I do. And again, you know, like I told you, I, it's not I want to be an unbeatable champ because I don't think this exists. Like, like you said, right. one of the more dominant champs, these champs, this Russell, I think, actually had a little bit of a battle, um, would have a little bit of a battle, had a little bit of a battle with Deads, for instance, oh, but yeah. would have with Brett, for instance. So it's, it's not that, but I don't want to... I don't want to be the champ where like five people can be like, oh yeah, I think I can beat him uh, if this and that happened or whatnot. I want to be like maybe in a conversation with like two or three other names, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, which isn't, I think, the the status I have right now. But I'm definitely um, expecting to improve on that status uh, at Europeans in like eight eight to nine weeks. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to get to that level at, the, at this meet actually um i mean even anatoly who who won best lifter at world's champion of champions you know there, there's going to be well actually uh ashton was floating with moving up a weight class but anatoly yeah. even out totaled the weight class up i mean yeah. he's a 
I mean, there's always somebody out there though, huh? No matter what you do, there's always somebody. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. I want to ask you also about Turbo Tiff and, and, and Leah yeah. and, and, and Rico. Like you had a yeah. freaking, you have a, a bunch of people in there. Um, what was it like, like seeing people turn into champions though, that you had been coaching? Where, I know you, you were in the same day as Turbo Tiff. Were you in and, and, Rico? Enrico, yeah, right. Yeah. Were you able to be around for that? And what was it like seeing your people, people you guided, become world champions? Man, um, so I, I, I couldn't see their flight like uh, live because I was actually uh, doing my hot bath for my water cut. Mm. So I was looking uh, on the live stream. Um, and so when I saw their squats, both both of their squats, I was like, "This is looking great. This is looking nice." Then on bench, Turbo Tiff, like you, like you know, uh, frightened us. We were like, "What is happening right now?" She almost bombed. Yeah. Holy like, fuck, uh, man! Like, <laughs> on, on the bridge of bombing out with like two times out, I was I, actually, I don't want to say I freaked out because it's not true, but I was like, "What is happening?" Like. What what's going on? You know, uh, I you don't had know. to be. I hey, hey, let's be honest. Your cortisol levels went up a little bit. You, you, yeah, hey, a little. Hey, yeah, yeah, you yeah. didn't have a panic attack, but you weren't calm as cool as a cucumber. You, you had no, to be no, a little because because sure. yeah. what I was watching, I'm not a coach, and I was like, holy shit, this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, because you know that's like pretty much the same as with with uh, as me with the squat. Like that's something really uncommon to actually time out like just once it's really rare time out twice on bench yeah that's i don't know if it's ever happened before at, at this kind of event you know right uh freaked out of her then rico's bench went went fine so uh, i was happy with that and then coming the final dead so pretty much uh tiffany's opener just sold the deal so when she hit it when she hit it with this this room i was like okay we're good so now it's just about improving this total and the way i saw her her opener move i was super confident about what her top end strength could be i actually thought she would load uh for the 400 uh kilos total which was 2.5 away um that's right more than what she did uh but i think she was more happy with just building uh, getting that three, uh, three for three on deads and move on. So th this was nice. And then uh, Rico Stern, uh, she actually missed her opener due to a uh, balance issue, uh, which happened at nationals. Uh, not for the same reason, but she also missed her opener. And the thing is that she hit some crazy numbers in training. Dude, she's got a dead on her. Man, she, she, she hit 195 in training. She doubled 190. Holy fuck. Uh, she, I think she tripled 185-ish. Oh, my God. She hit some crazy numbers. So, actually, we were expecting close to 195 to 200 for her last day. So, when I saw her miss her opener, I was like, oh, no. So, now you, you're left with two options. So either retake it in order to make sure you're, you're in the mix for the podium or take a risk, go up and maybe get knocked off the podium or 
worth bombing out. So uh, she's she's a pretty cautious lifter. So she decided to, to just retake it. And then we were left with only one option, take the big jump to actually try to try to outdead uh, Noemi at that time and become more champ. Mm. So I think she had to load 198 or 97. I can't remember correctly. I think it's 198. 198 it was a yeah. world record, my man. Yeah, it was. And honestly, it, it wasn't just like a Hail Mary. You know, like I told you, she hit 195 in training with some room. She doubled 190 and stuff. So honestly, I thought this had like 80 to 85% chance, chance of, of happening. And, you know, it didn't happen at the end, um, which is, you know, that's, that's the way it is. You, yeah. you show up, you just give it your absolute best and that's it. So I was so proud of them both. Uh, Tiff, because she, she did like a masterclass. I think that's what we can call it. Uh, and and uh, Shizuka, uh, because uh, she battled it till the last dead like a lion, although she didn't have the start she wanted on the movements. So I'm really proud of them both. And not for the same reasons, but I saw them work so hard and it was just amazing to see that happen. And they actually fired me up for my, for my session because I was actually lifting right after them. I was mm. like, they executed, now it's my time to show them. And so they gave me a, 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 little, a little boost, you know, I, I, I want to admit, uh, because not, not necessarily because they took first and, and second, but because they battled till the end and whatever happened because Tiff had had a rough time on bench Shizuka had a rough time on dead but until the end the end they gave it their absolute best yeah. and that's what I preach so I was like I preached that they did it now I have to show them and so I did my thing and then the next day was Leah and man for Leah I just don't have any words I think <laughs> I, I've been saying it for years uh, not not for years but for two years I think I think Leah is, is creating a good status for her. And I mean, outturling a weight class up, being second overall to Amanda Lawrence, pushing her to a big dead. Uh, uh, listen, she would have, she would have took a silver medal as a, in the 76s. Behind Jessica Britner. Behind Jessica. She would have won 69 kilo by a good spread. And yeah. she would have came in silver in the 76 kilo class. It's yeah. fucking insane. Yeah. And, and, and this is your athlete that like, um, again, like all these athletes you had, like before they were doing anything at worlds, you know, they didn't walk in, you brought them up to this. So when you have a day, like, like not, that wasn't all the same day, but when you have like days like that, when you look back as a coach, you know, it means a lot to be like, your people are putting faith in you to bring them to the promised land. And you brought people right up to like gold and silver in the promised land. You got to be like, how does it feel to be like, holy shit, this is working, man. Like, you know, you, everything you've said and they've, they put faith in and did now, now you can like proof is in the pudding, man. Yeah. It, you know, honestly, it feels surreal. Uh, I was like, um, uh, all, all this time, you know, especially with Tiff because it was her first, uh, international event. Um, I was telling her, you know, no one is going to be upset or disappointed or whatnot in your performance, whatever happens. Even if you're not taking first 
although you are the big favorite by a huge margin or whatnot, no one's going to be disappointed. Uh, what I told her though is you're actually going to live an incredible moment and you're going to be at the top of the sport for, for a moment and for some days. Just enjoy that. Just enjoy the fact that you are there, you are at Worlds, and you got the chance, the earned chance, but still a chance to actually compete at this level and show what you're made of and show all of your hard work. And so when we actually all delivered, uh, I was like, like that, we are at the top of the sport. We did it. This is amazing. Like I was repeating to myself and I was looking at them and stuff when we were, you know, in the hotel, in the lobby, when we we're eating uh, outside or whatnot. I was like, this is real. Uh, we're here right now and, <laughs> and it, it happened. And, you know, uh, that's, that's just crazy. That's insane. Like five years from now, you guys will all, who knows, everyone could go their own way. And like yeah, uh, some, sure. people, some people leave the sport, like, um, you know, we were just talking about the John Hack 2016. When I think about, and that wasn't a long time ago, it's five years ago. When I think back yeah. to that event, there's so few people that are the same faces at, at, at these worlds. You know that. Um, yeah. it, it's almost entirely, if, if this is a movie, it's a different cast. Yeah. Five years is like in five years, who, who freaking knows, you know, yeah. like, like it, when you look around that table and you saw, and you have like, man, we're all world champions. And like, we, you know, in five years, some of you people might still be there and uh, it'll be just new people, which is cool too. Cause you meet you meet new people all the time. Just like I met you two years ago. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's still like, you got to appreciate those moments. And, and who the frick knows what's going to happen in the future, like five years from now or whatever. Um, and, and in terms of like what Turbo Tiff did at her age, one year in, this is her fifth competition. Like she's been yeah. powerlifting for one year. This yeah. is her fifth competition and she's 20. Her, yeah. and she, she, she could have for sure totaled 400 kilo up. She literally got one bench in because she's timing out. Like um, her top end. Like what she can be doing in a year. She's eight. She's okay. So 408 is the all time record. 408. Yeah. She did 397 with a year under her belt, her fifth competition ever. And she timed out two of her benches and just got one bench in. She's like 10 kilo away from the all time best a year in. Her future is fucking like insanely limitless on what she might yeah. be doing. You know, we're talking yeah, about Leia. Yeah. That's you know, and Leia, Leia has a crazy future, no doubt. We're talking about Leia, but Turbo Tiff, who knows, man? She's a yeah. kid. She's 20. I, I, I kept saying she was a teenager, and then I found out she's 20. She must have just turned 20 not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I think is – is she 20 or is she 19? I can't remember. Dog, it said she was 20. If she's 19, it's even crazy if she did what she did as a teenager. It's, it's possible it, she's 19, to be honest with you. I, I have it's to, a better story. Have to check. Hey, you know I what? Don't, don't ruin a good story with facts. <laughs> hey, she's, she's fucking – she's 16, she, dude. She's, yeah, she's 16 she's years old. She can barely drive. And she did what she did. Um, uh, and, just, I, you know, again, um, the thing is that I think she did her first – her first meet ever was the Silent Worker meet not this edition we did some months ago, but the one before. And I think if I would have to check, but I think she may, she may have totaled like 260 something, 270 something. Oh my God. So she's improved her total. You, 
in a 47 weight class by 130 kilos in a year, something you're, like that. Yeah, that's insane. You, at the time, you're thinking, do I even work with her? She's got no future. Man, <laughs> I, I, you know, honestly, at that time, we were like, she's, she's already super strong. She was some. She was small sport. too. She was like yeah. way. She was way. Yeah, yeah she was. Yeah, when we started, she was a forty-three. Oh, she was okay. a, a forty-three kilo lifter. Uh, uh, she did a meet in March. You know the meet we did like with pretty much all team friends that was organized mm. by the federation. Yeah, she did that meet uh, still as a forty-three, but she actually had to water cut, and you know didn't so. I don't want to say it didn't happen the way we planned it out because it did, but she 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 didn't have a, a good time, you know, uh, doing it. It was rough for her, mm. um, you know. So at, at some point we were like, you know, at, at the rate that you are you are growing at and the muscle mass he, she's put on as well, uh, because I don't know if you've seen her, but man, she's huge for a forty-seven. Oh, I was she's I, huge. Dude. People, I, so I took a picture with her. All 47s look small, like short, but yeah. um, some 47s like look kind of like skinny or 52s look kind of yeah. like skinny or whatever. She's pretty jacked. If you, yeah. if you, if you didn't see her like beside somebody, you would think she's big. Like she, she's yeah. muscular. She's, she's pretty jacked. She's like, um, not quite as thick as like a Maria T. She's like ridiculously jacked. No, for sure. But, yeah, yeah. But she, she could. But she's way leaner as well. Yeah. Like, 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 uh, I don't know, man. It's freaking. Yeah. She, she, so do you think she's going to stay 47 or, or do you think she's putting on muscle mass like crazy? Or do you think she's capping out how thick she's going to get? It might stay there for a while. Um, honestly, it's hard to know. Uh, it's really hard to know because um, I think we, we have some, we have some room still because I think she could go up to 48 something and still do yeah. a really manageable uh, water cut not the same one that we did uh, in March that, that hit her in the wrong way. Um, so I think she could add maybe a kilo to a kilo and a, and a half. And then from there, we would definitely have to see. But with the numbers she's putting up, I, I don't think moving up to 52s would be a bad idea. I don't think she, she, she wants that for now uh, because she just moved up a weight class some months ago. So maybe moving up two weight classes in some months could be a little derailing uh, in terms of how your body evolves, uh, your also your body acceptance, which sometimes mm. can be hard, um, especially you know in, in young women I think, uh, or young men as well. You know we, we aren't that different, uh, but that could be also something a little hard to hard to live. So for now I don't think we're we're discussing that, but you know in the near future, we don't know. But now it's not in the plans. She also is so close to that all-time record of 408. Oh, she, to leave, she wants to hit it. Yeah, to leave before yeah. you do that when you're like or on her, like she gave away two benches. If she even got yeah, if she even got that bench in, even one yeah. more bench, let alone two more benches. Um, you know, you, you, when you're that close, you're like, shit, I got it. You could hit that record anywhere and just yeah. like you got the world title, you take that record, and then you're like, okay, well, then decide. Maybe you stick yeah. around. And and here's another thing, because she is like she is muscular already. Um, we all have, like, I've been roughly the same muscular size, my adulthood. She might be there now. Maybe, maybe 100%. adding more, maybe, uh, adding more won't be quality adding. And maybe she doesn't get a whole lot stronger by adding. Maybe this is 
maybe like maybe 52 yeah, yeah, it works you, you don't know so you don't want to rush yeah. you just want to see how things go right yeah and you know uh in terms of that uh total world record uh, we actually did the math and we had the perfect plan uh in order for that plan to work we needed uh 153 on squats uh, which was the world record because it's 152.5 we needed a 90 kilos on the bench and i think we needed a 165 or 7.5 on deads mm. so actually uh the, the bench just just blew it out completely yeah because we're 7.5 kilos behind what we needed we are only three kilos behind on squats but 7.5 so it's 10 so I think she she was need, she was needing maybe a one seventy five or one seventy seven point five kilos on dead, which is for now at least a, a little uh, a little too much. So I think um, we haven't discussed about it, but I think she she has her eyes set on on the world record total at Europeans. Okay, it's a quick turnaround is the only thing, yeah. but like she's not far off. But yeah, it is, I think, it yeah, is I think with the three for three on squats and bench, I think she hit it. she hits it. I think it, it would be it would be absolutely phenomenal, dude. It, even even teetering into the four hundreds happens so yeah. rarely. Once she does yeah. it, she's like for sure got that. Just even that is a phenomenal. She's by far going to be the youngest woman to cross over four hundred. She has to be. Yeah. I'd have to double check, but I think she'd be the youngest uh, forty seven to hit the four hundred kilo mark, which is again a, a barrier. To yeah. break, you know what I mean, um, and, she, and for her to do it at sixteen, yeah, I think she <laughs> she turned she turned fourteen last. That's last right. Week, no, so. that's right. You're right. You're right. I think so <laughs> at fourteen, um, but uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. And um, Enrico, who knows what she's gonna end up putting up when she starts landing, like you know, all of her she gets all of her attempts in, and the yeah, top end I can think, be huge, man. I think getting getting that opener on deads ch would change completely the the scenario. Yeah. And uh, we're we're going to work towards that. Um, at, at nationals, um, we, we wanted to to get a little stronger on the bench on, on the squat, which is what happened. Um, the bench she's making good progress, but man, that deadlift, I'm telling you, I think she's capable of hitting 200 kilos on deadlift. I'm I'm 99% sure she's capable of. We just have to set the timing right. In in her prep, in her programming, but also for her to be able to pace herself with the opener, second attempt, and then third yeah. attempt, and not be like, I have to hail Mary a 198 yeah. after just hitting 185. And it's it's like, I miss, I'm second overall, I, I make it, I'm more champ. You know, which is which is harder, I think, to completely lift under those circumstances when when you're not in absolute confidence because you actually miss your opener with like 13 kilos less because you lost balance. So I think same at Euros, it's going to be a completely different story. And, um, and she's, she's not like, I think she was on social media briefly. She posted, I reposted. And then I remember doubling back and her post was deleted. She's not a social media person. No, all. not at all. Not at all. Does she just not like, um, cause she like prefers to fly under the radar Cause I think like her, her, you're not, if you try to scout her, like I could see where some people would be like, where the shit is she coming from? Like these numbers you were saying in the gym, people would be totally like when she was loading up and I seen her load that up as a commentator, I had no idea if this is a hell Mary or if this is legit 
within the wheelhouse of like, no, this could happen. Like you just don't know. And for yeah. some people, like obviously the more she competes, the more people are going to know anyways. But for this one, I wasn't sure what the heck we had here. I tried to do my due diligence because we had the fantasy league and I'm like, I don't, I'm not, no, none of us found anything. I forget if I asked, no, I had to ask you for a picture just for her. I am with post. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah I, was like, exactly. I can't find anything on this woman. She's like yeah. a mystery. Um, yeah. Probably leads a much, much healthier mental life, you know, staying off the Instagram. I'll tell you that right now. I don't know. Yeah, that, you know, neither honestly, do I, dog. It's not my lifestyle. <laughs> my neither. So honestly, when I saw you repost so some some fifty twos, and I I wasn't like, yeah, that's nothing. But I was like, man, if they knew what what she's you're gonna pull me aside in the hall again. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe it's gonna maybe be all over point. again. You're like, come here, I gotta talk to you. Come here, I gotta talk to you. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Here we go maybe again. At some point, that's, I'll I'll slide in your DMs. I'll be like, hey, man. Something's right. coming up, but yeah, when I when I saw that, I was like, oh man, if only he knew what what Shizuka is hitting because you no, know, you were reposting like legit legit lifts, you know, strong lifts, and I was yeah. like, yeah, that's that's cool, but Shizuka is taking five reps with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cat's out the bag now, though. You, she's a silver yeah, yeah, medalist yeah. at the world championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, it was no. pulling for gold. So. And it, it was it was a legit pull. It wasn't a hail mary. Like I told yeah. you, I'm, I wasn't like 90 plus percent sure she was able to hit it, but I was in the 80 something percent sure, um, which didn't happen at the end. But, you know, uh, I, again, I think with a different scenario, with a different pacing, especially with the opener, I think this could happen for sure at next at Europeans. Uh, we could see a, a monster pool and I wouldn't be surprised if she hit the, the world record uh, deadlift uh, as well. Oh my god! Uh, at, at this that's, event. Jo- that's Joy Namani. Yeah, this is, and she's she's a huge fan of of Joy, Dude, uh, because Joy- she deadlifts uh, beltless as well, like her. Dude, it, Joy Namani. If you take Joy Namani's world record, everybody's you're you're <laughs> you're no longer off the radar. Joy oh, Namani yeah. is a two-time fifty-two kilo world champion, a fifty-seven kilo world champion, and one of the craziest pound-for-pound deadlifters we've ever seen. Yeah. You take her world record deadlift everybody's gonna know about it that's insane man um wowzers how did she find you um so we were uh actually uh in a training camp together with team friends mm. she just approached me uh asked me um if we could work together if we could work together and it just happened <laughs> same with tiff how did you find how did tiff find you Oh, that's that's a funny story because uh, actually Lee and myself. Uh, so I was coaching a, a guy uh, back then, and he was training in the gym where people were getting into powerlifting. And he was like, you know, uh, if if I if I sell everything and I I get you like ten clients, would you be down to come do a seminar uh, yourself and Leah? And I was like, yeah, for sure. If 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 you find the clients, then yeah, we can can definitely come. And we actually went there to do a seminar. And at the seminar, there was two little girls, so Tiff and uh, one friend of her. Uh, and whenever we were saying something with Leah, they had a little notebook and they were writing everything down in the oh notebook. Oh my God, that's adorable. Yeah, and you know, they, they were exchanging notes, they were talking about oh, it. Oh, fuck, laughing. stop uh, it. Yeah, 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 that, that was really cute. And you know, at that time I was like, it's, it's obvious that she's into the sport because she took notes uh, whenever we were showing something, whether it be on squats, on bench, on deads, whatever. Uh, she was running straight to her to her gym bag, take off her notebook, 
write it down, <laughs> come back with us and stuff. And so we actually, you know, uh, we actually saw that. And um, at some point uh, she was like, hey, would it be okay if I come to do like one or two sessions uh, in your gym? Uh, and because I was also coaching the guy uh, that introduced uh, us to her and the others, we're like, yeah, yeah, for sure, let's do it. And she came once, twice, three times, and then she just became part of the equipe, as we say, part of the team. Dude, it's you never would have known that you're training a future world champion. Yeah, like man. that, that, that kid. It, it was obvious that that she was really into the sport because, like I told you, she was running everywhere with her notebook, writing everything down, talking about it with a friend, uh, applying immediately the the advices we were giving to her. It was obvious that she was enjoying it, that she was into it. But yeah, uh, like if you would have told me back then that she would be the next 47 open world champ a year from now, I would be like, man, you're crazy. And do what she did. You yeah. Know, it's so crazy. You don't think you yeah. meet people like that, but you do. Here's another thing. Doing what you did as an athlete and a coach at the Worlds is a casting call as well. So people are going to, like like uh, Joey Flex said, after the 2016 John Hack win, his emails got flooded with people like, like his, the amount of people he had just kaboom. It was, it was insane. How many more athletes he had on his, it was, he was, it was too many. He he started being like, I don't even know if I can handle this many people. I went from being, he's like, I went from being like, you know, working odd jobs and being like, well, I don't know if this is going to work out to overnight. Holy shit. Because John hack won the world championship. You having three world champions and, um, and and a silver medalist who pulled for the gold, I'm sure like as you move forward now, it's going to be easier and easier collecting people because you you've already shown it, not just with yourself, but multiple people in different weight classes. So it's um, it's going to get easier and easier to have like people coming forward and, and, and good, strong talents that you could bring up. But it's also good, too, that you brought people from like from nothing, from like yeah. they just started and you turn them into a world champion. You know, honestly, I really don't care about the level of the athletes that reach out to me because I've had the examples and the last one for me is the better one we can actually, can actually give. Uh, Tiff started a little over a year ago and she was totaling something, you know, you know, pretty okay for a beginner, but mm. definitely not the, the level that she's at right now. So I really don't care about the level of the athlete. What I care about is the love for the sport and the involvement because for me, that's number one. Then you can become world champ eventually, mm-hmm. but or podium or whatever, or just participating at Worlds or whatever. But you have to have the love for the sport, then the involvement, uh, make the sacrifices that you have to make, and then we can discuss and maybe eventually uh, get to that stage. Because again, you know, uh, the anime quote, uh, not because you're working hard, you're going to go to Worlds, but everybody who goes to worlds actually works hard. So this is, for me, this is the bare minimum you have to make in order to be just thinking about it. People that think about it, but you know, they go to party, uh, they miss a training once, twice. They're not really focused on their training because they're uh, looking at their phone on social medias, whatever. For me, you know, maybe you're that 0.005% who can make it, but for 99.9999% that's not how you're going to make it you're going to make it by being involved loving the thing making sacrifices for it training hard consistently 
trying always to find ways to get better and then eventually you're going to get you're going to get there it's crazy man seeing team france at worlds now with like how many people are like fucking shooters man even yeah. your boy coco who's a junior moving yeah. into the open taking a bronze is like taking a bronze as a junior man and he's almost totaling 900 he's like yeah. right shy of 900 kilo at worlds and, and it's for me it's big because he did it against two really really big names uh anatoly like, forgot yeah anatoly and emil which are i think top 10 lifters uh like right now in the ipf uh the both of them anatoly being the first ranked at these at this event at worlds so yeah and also coco has has an incredible story like last year during lockdown i don't know if if he wants me to discuss that but he couldn't walk. He actually had a back injury and uh, one of his legs, I can't remember which one, was actually numb. He wasn't feeling his leg for weeks and weeks and weeks. Oh my God. He wasn't able to train. Uh, he lost a lot of weight, then, to, then gained a lot of weight, uh, then lost some weight again. Uh, it was crazy. He was just able to barely bench and I'm not even sure he was able to bench. And this situation was this one for weeks and weeks and weeks. Oh my God, that's scary, man. Because you don't know yeah. if it's coming back. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, I was, uh, you know, like I told you, Coco and I are really looking alike in some, in some areas. We both uh, stopped our, uh, our studies in order to focus on powerlifting, coaching and stuff. Um, and he, he has the same mentality as I have. He was like, it's going to get better. I have no doubts. I'm going hmm. to keep training. Uh, even if I can just do one squat every 10 days, I'll just do one squat every 10 days. If I can go back to two squats uh, every week, I'll go back to two squats every week. So he has this mad dog mentality where he was like, whatever happens, th this, one, this one derailed me. And so he too, he went from not being able to walk during last COVID, last lockdown, to top three behind uh, Emil Norling and Anatoly. So I'm, I'm also super, super happy for him and super proud of him. Yeah, that's crazy, man. <laughs> Talk yeah. about a comeback, man. You yeah. guys have like nothing but killers over there. Yeah. I, it, it's I think, crazy. Like you said, uh, when, when you have one, one champ, two champs, it's easy to, to be uh, inspired and to be moved and to be like, they, they did it, why not me? And for me, we have the better champ we can all look up to, and it's Leah. Uh, in a way, Leah was the first one doing what she does at this level. And yeah, I think she inspired a lot of us. She inspired me, uh, actually, um, because she, she, she went from just chipping the world record on squats to actually, I think she, she squatted 30 kilos over her, the world record she did uh, in Sweden in 2019, which was 170 something. And she did 205 uh, last week. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it's, 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 um, it's insane to think about the talent that's training all together right now in France. Like you yeah. guys have, it's a, you guys have developed into like a fucking powerhouse. It's insane. Like if you guys all get together for a session, I don't know how it all lines up or whatever, but any given session would be insane with all you people in the room working. I mean, yeah, it, 
it, it happened actually. It happened some some weeks ago. Uh, Coco was here, and we actually trained all together, like Leah, Coco, Tiff, myself, uh, and the team. And you know, again, honestly, if we were to do this training again, which which is something that yeah, I, I think next week it's going to happen because we have an event, and I think Coco is going to come. Um, so I think it will probably happen uh, next week. Uh, and it will be the day before uh, a little uh, competition that will actually decide uh, from for a lot of juniors for the French uh, for the French team at Europeans. Mm. So we're going to probably have that next week. And I don't know if that would be any different. You know, we always had this mentality where we're like, you know, I don't give a fuck if you're world champ or top three or whatever. We're just going to have a good training session together. We're just going to give it our absolute best, um, cheer for each other, and that's it, you know. Dude, it's crazy. In that room, with all these world champions, you could literally be like, dude, settle down. You only got a bronze. <laughs> <laughs> you like, 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 like a bronze medalist is shamed in that room. It's so low. It's so it's so low. You're like, what are you here to load my fucking weights? What are you doing? What are you? What are you? What are you, what are you doing here? What's going on? Tell, like that's that's the level of medals you have in that room. Yeah, that's it's crazy. It's a it's it's um I don't know. Again, man, you've you've you guys have already had a crazy story. We talked about the lockdown when you guys were living in a fucking gym together and the whole night, yeah. like whatever. You you guys are living a life, man. Just soak That's it all crazy. up while you can, sir. But um, thank you. Listen, we I, I'm gonna bounce. I got I got a um, meeting some fellas for the big boxing match tonight. I don't know if you're boxing. Oh tonight. yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. yeah. Give me a give me a pick. It'll already happen by the time it's airs. But just give me do you, who are you picking? Uh, Fury. It's gotta be Fury, dog. Yeah. It's gonna for be sure. Fury. But it's gonna be yeah. an amazing fight. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But I think uh, honestly, I don't think it will be that close. You know, thing is, even when it wasn't close, Wilder is so guys so much heart, and he's dangerous to the very last. Yeah, match. I agree. I agree. He's agree. never not going to be dangerous. That guy. He has the most insane one punch power I've ever seen in my life. Well, maybe not quite that, but close. Like he's yeah. up there. It's insane. So that's what makes it like, oh my god, oh my god, right to the last minute. But yeah. um, listen, man, appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, obviously, congratulations. I like look at you. I could not be prouder of what you've done with yourself, your athletes, um, helping the sport grow period in France and like, take it in young man and um, fucking keep riding this wave and keep doing the seminars. Cause more people are going to reach out. To <laughs> like you've Thank created you much, three world champions in, in a silver medalist. And um, so the more you're out there, the more people will come to you. Cause it, it isn't just, you know, a promise. It's like, man, you've done it. You, you've, you've got the formula. It works. You know, it works. You've done it with men. You've done it with women of different weight classes from 47s all the way up to 63s, you know, like it's a proven formula that works. So keep fucking grinding, man. Could not be. And you're a nice guy and you earned it. Thank you. So proud of you. Happy for you, dude. Soak it all in. And you were a world champion guaranteed for at least a year. So, you know what I'm saying? At least a year. This is yours. Every day you wake up, be like, I'm a fucking world guy. I'm a world champion. And it doesn't last forever. You know, at some point, you won't be the reigning world champion. You'll always have been a world champion. No one can take that from you. But you'll, you won't always be the reigning. So when you wake up every morning, keep that in mind. 
I'm a goddamn champion. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it. And again, coming from you truly means a lot. So thanks a lot. Thanks for coming on, man. We will keep in touch, my friend. Thank you. See you, buddy.